welcome to episode 18 of The Third Power. This is Anthony Avitolo, and of course, as always, I'm here with my partner, Usman Jamil. How's it going? Uh, need caffeine. <laughs> yeah, we've decided to record in the AM for the first time, and, and by AM, I mean, you know, late AM, as in 8 plus instead of 1 or 2. So... Yeah, <laughs> struggling a little bit here. Uh, <clears throat> not a whole lot of time for breakfast. So today's episode, uh, of course, we're going to do a crack a pack. We're going to talk about some of the polls, but the main topic today is we're going to be talking about planeswalkers in the cube. Um, with M12, we get three more planeswalkers that are pretty much auto includes, and so we're going to talk about their function in the cube. How many is too many? some different misconceptions and, you know, all things related to planeswalkers, except for maybe the artwork. I don't think we need to talk about Duckface or any of that kind of stuff. Yeah, Duckface, uh, Chandra. Do you hear uh, there's actually going to be two planeswalkers in Innistrad? No, I I figured Liliana was going to be one of them. I didn't know. Yeah. The second one. Yeah, there's gonna, I, that's what I've heard. Like, Liliana's going to be in, and they're, like, they said she's going to be better than the old one, but... A.K.A. Yeah. four mana instead of five mana, I guess. I guess I'm I'm hoping so. I don't, yeah, but like so apparently there's gonna be two in the new set or in this rod, so I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully that one doesn't suck. Yeah, but yeah. Blue, a, Blue's got that nice, you know, three, four, five Jace. Chandra's now got like, you know, we have four, five, four, four, five. You know, Green's got a nice Green's at a nice place with four, five now. You know, White has you know four, five. But black is five six, so yeah, that's kind of awkward. Kind of would like to uh, get a four in there somewhere, but well, yeah, let's. Uh, we've been doing a little bit more in the blog recently. I actually finally got my cube up there and some other information and some a tongue in cheek poll and some other stuff. If you guys want to go check it out, but Usman recently did a rate the robots poll that uh, I think you wanted to talk about the results a little bit, right? Yeah, like. Uh I did I did a bunch of polls, uh, you know, it's just pretty much asking, like, hey, rate the robots or whatever. Essentially, you know, the artifact creatures in cube, like, uh, I'll go and read them off. Uh, let's see. I think this is, you know, stuff like, uh, you know, worm coil engine. Uh, actually, I'll just read them. Uh, Bone Horde, Massacre, Molten Tail, Lodestone Golem, Solemn Simulacrum, Etchorical, uh, Karn, Silver Golem, not the Planeswalker, the original, uh, Razor Mane, Massacore, Batter Skull, Duplicant, Triskelion, Worm Coil, Engine, Mirror Battle Sphere, Platinum Angel, Sundering Titan. Essentially, the big robots, like, and I didn't really include uh, Inkwell Leviathan because it's blue that night, you know. If you remember the Sacred Cup, so I'm not really a big fan of it anyway, but it's more because it's just blue. It just would be kind of awkward. Same with the. Uh, Steelwind. Yeah, Steelwind. I mean, I actually really like Steelwind, but, you know, it's just kind of the same thing. It's not really the colorless. So I figured I might as well just do all the colorless ones and, like, said, you know, hey, uh, you know, on the very left-hand side poll, uh, you know, essentially that's your number one vote, and then two, three, four, five. And so kind of like college football where first place gets the maximum amount of points, next place gets maximum minus one, third place gets maximum minus two. Yeah, yeah, that's essentially first place got, you know, first poll got five points, and then, the next one got four, then three, then two, then one. And I was a little surprised. Like, uh, the first one, the first place, I wasn't really surprised, though. Uh, Warm Coil Engine ended up with 224 points. Like, 
that's, you know, arm coil is ridiculous. But the way it kind of went after that was kind of weird. Like, I, I don't know, I just expected it to be a little different. Uh, Batter Skull is 154 points, which I think is a great card, but I'm not sure if it is number two worthy. Well, well we have found that people, you know, with, with one of the other Kraken packs, people really do like Batter Skull. And, and don't get me wrong, I like Batter Skull too. I just, uh, I don't know. I, I guess I was just a little surprised to see some of these other ones lacking some points. Yeah, I think I, I like, you know, you know, I probably, you know, love living weapon, even like, you know, from a design standpoint, and from a power level kind of thing, at least the ones that aren't horrible. But, like, I don't know. I was kind of surprised to see it up there. Uh, third place was Solemn Simulacrum, you know, that reprint gens. Sad gens. robot! Yeah, oh no, sad robot. Uh, and th- those are the only ones that cracked 100 points. The rest were, uh, actually, I have it on the spreadsheet. Uh, Mere Battlesphere, 57 points. Molten Tail Massacre is 44, which, I don't know. Like, Molten Tail seems like it should be a good amount higher, I think. Uh, Duplicant, 31. Sundering Titan at 29, and that Sundering Titan at being 29, I was like, huh? Yeah, I, I thought, thought I did something wrong. Duplicant's higher than Sundering Titan. I mean, don't get me wrong, I like both of them, but Sundering Titan is just... Ah, just such a huge effect and just wins so many games. Yeah, especially if you cheat it out. Right. And or if you play it against the guy who's trying to, like, splash for everything. It's just like, okay, you want to splash for blue? There's another land gone. Or you run blank shenanigans. Yeah, or, like, graveyard stuff, reanimation kind of stuff like that. Uh, Sundering Titan at 29, Razor Rain Massacre 27, uh, Lodestone Golem and Regular Massacre at 10, and then the double, the single digits were like Platinum Angel had six points, Karn had four, uh, Triskelion had like two, and the other ones I didn't mention had like zero, like uh, Bone Horde, which makes me a little sad. But, yeah, you know, I, I it's understandable. Be, I would be interested to see what this looks like. I mean, the fact that we only had you only had five slots, I would be interested to see what this would look like if it if you did top ten, for example. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. And like, give, I, and give more cards a chance to get points because you have to. You know, you figure. I mean, I like regular Master Core a lot, but you know, I also played with it back when it was just insane. Yeah. But, you, know, it, you have to figure in order for someone to for a regular Master Core to get points, it has to you know beat out all you know four other. You know, it's got to beat out. It, it can't be number six. You know, who knows how many people for whom. Sundering Titan was number six on their list. You know, yeah, the, the weird thing was like Sundering Titan. There was a there's no number ones for Sundering Titan, which like uh, there was say 27 Worm Coil, 10 Batter Skull, seven Solemn, two Battle Sphere, one Duplicate, and that was really confusing. And one right Molten Tail, but there's nothing like uh, I would have expected at least a few of number ones for Sundering Titan or something like that. Yeah, I, maybe okay. maybe Razor Main, maybe I don't know. I actually but. think I, uh, I I did not vote on this one. I, I I usually don't vote in the polls either. Like I don't know, but this is one I was really tempted to. I was just like, huh. Right, because we're there to try to get other people's opinion. We already know our own opinion, so. Yeah, I don't know. Like I would definitely, if I was to do it, I'd definitely put Warm Coil number one. Uh, I don't know the rest. Probably like Gun to My Head. I don't know, I'm too tired to think of this. <laughs> Probably, maybe like Molten Tail, uh, maybe something like, I don't know, probably like Molten Tail, 
Sundering Titan. Probably like, actually, yeah, Wormcoil, Sundering Titan, uh, Molten Tail, Lodestone, and Batterskull. Or something like that. Maybe Massac- regular Massacre at the end. I don't know. I don't know. I'd prob- probably ask me five minutes from now and I'll give you a totally different answer. I don't know. Well, right. well, it's one of those things where I think there's more than five of those cards that I'd want to get points, you know? Yeah, and that's the hard part about it. It's like, oh, God, and I The thing is, is, as much as I like Wormcoil Engine, I mean, the card's really good. I kind of <clears throat> just like other cards more. I don't know. Like, I find yeah. myself playing Lodestone Golem in way more decks than I do Wormcoil Engine. I hmm. find myself, you know, trying to abuse Sundering Titan... You know, if I have if I'm the Tinker deck and I have a choice between Sundering Titan and Wormcoil Engine, I you know I, I would be hard pressed. I mean, I don't know. Wormcoil is obviously you know ridiculous, but man, I really like a Sundering Titan. Yeah, as a t- yeah, especially as a Tinker target, that's just ridiculous. So like, oh. I, I didn't vote. So yeah, I don't but know. It's interesting. I, I definitely think it's interesting, and I'm I'm glad to see Solemn that high because Solemn Simulacrum is just a really really cool card. Yeah, it's it's a it's. It's a oh man, can't even talk. It's a, one of those like workhorse kind of cards in cube. Like uh, it's never something like you're like uh, I guess super excited about in your deck in your like control decks. But on the other hand, it's so something so much value. Yeah, it's just it just yeah, it's just a huge workhorse. It's like mana fixing draw. Like its body isn't horrible. You know, two power isn't bad. Your chumps, whatever. It's just. It's a not it's a not very exciting card, but it's a really good one. Yeah, just super solid. Yeah. Uh and, and yeah, that's yeah, I got nothing. But yeah, I just I don't know. I don't know why I've been recently interested in doing more uh blog polls and stuff, but I don't know. I just like was trying to figure out how to get this to work and I was like, maybe I'll put this in a table and then got it to work and I was like, Yay, I'm yes. proud of myself. But yeah, it was it was definitely like, if you guys like the whole, like, the blog content, like, uh, or at least the polls, like, we've been getting a lot more views on the blog, which is pretty, which is pretty nice because of the increased content. Yeah. I'm like, what? People are, people are reading this. Cool. Uh, so other, other, also speaking of blog content, uh, the limited resources, uh, like their clan on Moto is up. I think it's one of the, I think it's probably the biggest clan. I think they're trying to crack the top five of like packs earned or something, but right. it's essentially the clan for uh, limited resources. And I'm developing a mostly commons and uncommons cube for them. You know, the whole like moto cube, you know, that whole uh, fad that's going on. You know, I mean, I'm mean, not, not dismissing it or anything, but it's just something that's been getting more popular sure. or whatever. But yeah, just been developing a, a cube for them and, I don't know, like, uh, it's it's pretty much done, and it's on tapped out. It's just, for some reason, like, when I imported my list, it just didn't go over right, and I just, like, it's at 449 cards, and I just need to manually check every card that's on there and see what the missing card is. But, mm. you know, just like, he said that, uh, you know, like, we're going to, he said, to allow for rares, as long as you're not, like, stupid broken or stupid expensive. So gotcha. definitely want suggestions for that. It's just, like... Not really sure on what. Like, I was like, ah, I'll just fix this. I'll, you know, get it up there first and then try to figure out what rares are fine. No, I'd probably, but I don't know. Some things to keep in mind, like in Peasant Cubes, like, it's really hard to get evasion over five power, or like five power and above. There's no dragons, there's no uh, five power, like, shadow guys. I don't think there are anyway, but, you know, just like, no dragons, no, uh, you know, scary. There's no worm coil. At rare stuff like that, 
But it's you know, something to keep in mind, maybe for ideas. But Volcanic Dragon is neato, though, although that's only four power. Yeah, oh, Volcanic Dragon? Yeah. Because it's yeah, that printed as uh, Uncommon, yes. Yeah, and I was like, man, that, that's pretty awesome that it got reprinted as a... Uh, as a, uh, what's that, uncommon? Because, yeah, it's pretty solid for, for those kind of uncommon, common cubes. But, yeah, I definitely think it should be interesting. But, yeah, if, uh, just chime in with ideas. If you think, I, if you think I'm an idiot for putting in some card, say it. I don't really care. I'll I mean, people might just do that anyway. Yeah, I was about to say, I'll, I'll call him an idiot back or something. You're an idiot. No. Yeah, exactly. Like, you smell. No, you smell. No. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I got nothing. But yeah, pretty much, uh, you know, chime in. Um, yeah, that's it. But yeah, definitely check out. The, we've been putting more stuff on the blog. Like uh, Anthony put up a, a post about like future sight versus tidings. You know, people. I think people have been talking about like saying like future sight was worse than tidings or something. And I don't know if that's just a awkward talking point or whatever. But you'd uh, a blog yeah, about. It's, uh, what happened was it's just it happened months ago, and then it came it surfaced again recently. Of well, I don't like future sight because it's only ever as good as tidings. And at that point, if it's only as good as tidings, I'd rather have tidings. And I was just like, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen times when Future Sight got four cards in a turn. Right. And it's like, geez, like, it, it, it is awkward when you flip your second land or, uh, you know, counterspell it, even then, that's not the end of the world. Like, your opponent still has to play around it. Right. Like, they they may mess up, but I don't know if I'd bank on it, but still, they have to. It's not like if you get flip a counterspell, it's not a like stone blank or anything. It's just they have to, and they can play around it, but they got to play around it. Right. It, yeah. Exactly, and it's you know we're we're not talking about combo decks facing each other in Legacy here, where you're constantly playing cat and mouse of how many counter spells they have. It's you know it's still a, a, a pseudo limited, pseudo constructed environment where you know you can only have so many must counter spells in your deck. So yeah. having having a revealed counter spell later in the game because you figure you know. Future Sight's not coming out until turns, you know, four to six anyway. Having a counter spell revealed at that point in the game is most likely going to get a lot of value. Yeah, because it's still like, okay, uh, what you going to do? And then it's in your hand. It's like, okay. Yeah, right. Most, <laughs> most people will just pretty much opt not to play something, you know? Yeah. And you just have to have course. multiple cards in hand that they want, you know, that they can bait with. You know, most people are, and, and some people just. They have the fear a little bit. They're just like, yeah. I don't want to get my spell countered. Instead of like, you know, letting something dorky get countered so they can resolve something else later, they just hold on to their stuff. And you know, it, it's got a psychological impact too. So it's kind of like when people don't want to crack standstills, like in Legacy, they're just like way too scared to give their opponent card advantage. And it's like, I don't know. It seems like most of the time it's just better to just just crack it and get it over with. Yeah, there, there's definitely a, an art to busting other people's standstills. Yeah. But it just seems like a lot of people tend to err on the side of, uh, I, you know, just being way too scared to having the fear. It's right. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to give them in. Yeah, to everything in magic, it's like that. Yeah. I, I don't know, maybe that's, maybe that'd be an interesting episode topic, you know, the fear. That'd be, you know, that'd be interesting. But I don't know, I don't know how I'm going to segue fear into New Crack Pack, but let's pretend I did a good one. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I'm going to phone that in completely, but yeah. Uh, using my cube, uh, yep, alright, 
Let's do this. Let's rock to Russia. All right, let me uh, get some uh, typing going here. All right. Oh, here's a spicy meatball for number one. Control Magic. Ooh. Number two, uh, Mock Sapphire. Okay, that, that's kind of easy. <laughs> All right. Well, let's see what else. Dirty to Nowhere, number three. Okay. Uh, Fintorn Elves, number four. Okay. Uh, number five, Rolling Earthquake. Number six, Glenelendra Archmage. Number seven, our good good friend Batterskull. Uh, uh, all over the place. Oh, man. <laughs> good God. Number eight, Karn Liberated. All right. I feel like on an altar he should be wearing, like, a beret or something, like... Some sort of like Liberation Army uniform. Yeah. Oh, on the on the blog also, uh, you know, the guy the guy who did the uh, show uh, podcast theme. You can uh, say David his name. Jim. Yeah, I was gonna say. I was gonna say. Uh, David Merton Jones. He uh, did an altar of me, like uh, for Sark and the Mad, because I go by Usman the Rat on Twitter, and he just did a picture, like an altar of Sark and the Mad with like my goofy ass face on it. It's pretty awesome. He just is like, hey. Uh, because I sent him some stuff in the mail before. He's like, hey, check your mail. Uh, yep. I was like, what? And then saw that. I'm like, what? Dude, this is amazing. Oh, yeah. But yeah I, posted awesome. it, I posted it on the blog. And eventually, like, I'm I'm reworking my multicolor. And I think I'm, like, I think I was, like, at the time, I was not going to be able to fit Sarkin. Like, he, I put that post up the day after he sent that, which was pretty awkward. And then I'm still kind of working it. I think I'm eventually going to make it in there. Not what because you should, what you should do is you work out your sections however you want them to, and then you just add that card. I I think for something like that you just put it in there and you don't care. I think I think it's going to work out anyway. Like the way I was figuring out, just like balancing or whatever. Multicolor is kind of weird, but yeah, it's Sarkin's Sarkin's coming back. Uh, number nine, Flicker Wisp. Not bad, not bad. Snow Mox. Oh, number ten, Bribery. Oh dear! Oh my God! What a pack! Number eleven, Thought Seize. Number twelve, Step Links. Can I just say how unimpressive Step Links looks at this point? Yeah, Even I think great, it's a the lot only like aggressive card in the pack so far. Yeah, there's it's it's been weird pack. Thirteen, Cross and Tusker. Fourteen Mirren Crusader. <laughs> Jeez. All right, here come the aggro cards. Yeah. Fifteen Soltari Priest. Apparently, got a white weenie theme here for three of the last four cards. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, huh. good lord. Well, to me, I mean, I, I personally, I'm probably just grabbing the sapphire and yeah. calling it a I'll- day. I was gonna yeah, just snap pick sapphire. Do you want to do like last time? Yeah, let's we... let's get another. Let's get one more card to take the place okay. of sapphire. Okay, drum roll. Bit a bit a bit a bit a bit a. Aether adept. And then I'll do the blog poll with uh with both. Okay. Like, essentially the the windmill slam take mox and then the other options whatever. This is an interesting pack with the. Uh, because before I was like, okay, Mox, is this better than a Mox? Nope, 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 nope. Right. Okay. Wow, this is hard. Well, say. the fact is, is, you know, there's a lot of blue cards. Um, 
and you know, for it, it's it's often one of those things where I guess it kind of depends. You'd have to play it by ear on your play group, but passing uh, passing awesome blue cards just sets yourself up for not getting blue for not getting blue back. But you know, even then, I'm you know. I, I really, I really love me a bribery. Yeah, um, bribery is pretty just, sick. You know, not the greatest against the, you know, some of the super aggressive decks where Batter Skull is is very good against, well, pretty much most decks. Yeah, no, this is this is a tough one. Like then again, you know, I I don't mind finding excuses to be in blue. Yeah, you know, <laughs> to, to find True. you know those first pickable cards uh, in blue, I don't mind it. What about uh what about rolling earthquake? I was thinking about that. Like it's you know it's splashable mass removal. Yeah, I like, I do like that, but if I wind up being an aggressive deck, I'm I'm probably not playing that. I mean, I guess I could play it just as a as a burn spell, but yeah, that's just awkward. And and I do really like Mirror and Crusader. And yeah. Mirror and Crusader is just such a beast. I don't know. I th- I think for me, I, I'm 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 still thinking about bribery versus batter skull. But you know that's the same two picks that were in the other pack the other week. Now Karn for me is pretty high in this also. Just like getting him out is pretty sick, especially if like they're in the it's in the position. Like one of the really I think Karn is really strong, especially if they don't have a way to immediately threaten him. Like if you can just plus him right away, uh-huh. and they can just kill anything that threatens him because then you can just go plus him to get him to ten. And then just minus three, three times to just deal with whatever. It's like, oh, okay, you have a, you got a worm coil? Nope. You got a titan? Nope. You got a, whatever. Yeah, nope. You got a miracle? Yeah, pretty much you got anything in this pack? Nope. But I mean, he's, he's a little more awkward when you have to immediately, you know, play him and then snap or move something. But I don't know, I just, I don't know. But then again, it, it begs the question, like, are, like, the other control cards in this pack, I mean, they're all blue, but, like, a lot of them are just, you know, probably better, like, Control Magic, Bribery, uh, right. et cetera, Batter Skull. Batter Skull's more, more mid-range, kind of. Well, I mean, it's... The thing, too, is I, I have trouble picking seven mana cards first. Yeah. I don't know, this is, yeah, I, I honestly don't know. Like, I I think, man, I, I don't know. For me, I, I think I... Bribery, Batter Skull, or Crusader. If I'm feeling particularly uh, like I want to draft an aggressive deck, because sometimes I get in moods like that where I just like, okay, tired of playing blue, I just want to attack with creatures. I would probably I would take the Crusader at this point. Um, yeah. Or if you're playing with people who just oh go ahead sorry. I was saying especially because people just really undervalue White Weenie as an archetype. So yeah. sometimes you can just get all you know. All of those nice, you know, two and three, you know, one to three drops, two to three drops that you need. Um, and, you know, depending on how big the draft is, most likely the, the priest and the links are going to table. Yeah. I mean, there's, sure. I, I feel like unless other people have already taken aggressive cards, I feel like there's a lot of other cards on the list that people are going to take before, before these. Do you think Journey would come back? I, I think it's possible. I think people would tend to take Journey before they would take Soltari Priest. Yeah. But, like, I could see, obviously, the Control Magic, the Bribery. I guess you can get Flicker Wisp back, too, which isn't terrible. The Batter Skull would go. 
the Karn would go. Uh, any black deck is probably going to take the Thoughtseize. Yeah. You know, any green deck is going to take either the Elves or the Tusker. Because, you know, the the play sequence of, you know, turn one elf thing, turn two, three drop is, is where, you know, green decks kind of want to be. Yeah. Um, I can see the Rolling Earthquake going, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tough one. <laughs> but I don't know, like, I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe I would so take... good too, though. Yeah. I don't know, maybe I would take Thoughtseize first. Like, it's a really universal pick. Like, I'll put it in anything. That's, you know, has black as a main color. I, mean, I don't think I'd splash for it. That's but just... with that same thought process, wouldn't you just take the Batter Skull then? Maybe? I don't know, it just seems like... I mean, that card goes in any deck. Yeah. I don't know, I could see leaving Batterskull on the sideboard, like, if I had better five drops in an aggro deck. Like, if I had, like, Siege Gang and Cloud Goat or something. I don't know. It's a toughie. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> this is a hard pack. You know, if that, that Mox, it definitely became a lot more interesting before it was like, Mox... Right. It's like, you know, all these other cards are good, but they're not Mock Sapphire. Yeah. Huh. I don't know. This is a hard pack. This will definitely be interesting in blog, for sure, or at least the, the well, poll. Well, hopefully it won't just be overwhelmingly Batterskull, or hopefully people will leave comments on why they actually picked what they do. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I, for me, it's like three different picks. Like, if I'm if I'm feeling like I want to be aggressive, I'll probably just take Mirror and Crusader. Um... Then again, like, Mirror Crusader plus Batter Skull is also insane. Oh, jeez. I remember uh, when, I was, when we were playing your cube in Memphis, like, uh, a dude had a Mirror Crusader out, and I was at a comfortable life. I probably told you the story already, but whatever. I was at a pretty comfortable life total. Mm-hmm. And, I don't know, I think I was, like, at 11 or something or 10 or something. And he's got a Mirror Crusader. I'm like, okay. And I'm blue-black control. And I don't remember if I had any removal to kill it at the time. I was like, eh, I'm comfortable. Yeah, I'm okay. Plays Bone Horde, equips it, smash. Right. And there was there was more than enough power on him to kill me. I was like, man. <laughs> right. It's like, ah. I really hope there's some good Mirren Crusader-esque cards in uh, Innistrad. Like, I don't know, I just love the double strike. Oh, I love good. I, I even think, I, I just wish the other Crusader didn't have Wither, or not Wither. Yeah, Infect or whatever. Like, ugh. Yeah. Card would be awesome. Yeah, if it just had Wither, I would love it. Awesome, awesome. All right, man. Let's uh, let's make a pick here and 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 move on. Uh, I'll, okay, fine. I'll go Batterskull. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I I probably could talk myself into taking Batterskull here too. Fine, you guys win. We took Batterskull. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I gotta admit, bribery is also very attractive to me. So. Yeah, or you could take bribery. I don't know. I mean. I mean, there have been times when we've diverged on, on these many, you know, a good amount of times. Yeah, I just, yeah, I, I honestly, the, the, my biggest issue is that even though it's been in my queue for a really long time, have not had a chance to actually play Batterskull yet. Well, did you play it like in a red-green, like oh, crazy yeah. aggro oh, deck? Oh, it was in my deck. And then you never played never it. it. <laughs> never got it. <laughs> never drew it. Then, didn't you get like... Mimic Vat and, like, Siege Gang in that deck? Yeah, I had Mimic Vat, Siege Gang. That was one of the Vat interactions. I had a couple <laughs> other crazy Vat interactions, too. I think I actually posted it on my Twitter account, the picture of it, but that yeah. was that was one of the interactions. I, I think I also had, uh... Did I have Deranged Hermit in that deck? I, I was about to say, I think I remember Hermit being in there, yeah. Yeah, so I just had, like, two, like, re, you know, ridiculous 
five drops to interact. I also had, like, if I was against an artifact deck, I also had orangutan. Oh, nice. Um, Did you have a ram gang also, a Belgart ram gang? Um, I think so. I don't know. I'd, I'll have to look at I'll look at this picture. Maybe I'll link it in the show notes. Okay. Uh, I do remember the sweet jungle line altar that was in that. Yes, that was in that was in there. But yeah, Better Skull was in that pack and just never saw it. So. Boo. Yeah, I still haven't had a chance to play with it. All right, let's uh, let's get moving on, moving on here, and let's talk about planeswalkers. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the topic. <laughs> yes. Thank you for confirming that. That is topic today. The, this, uh, the, the, the spreadsheet confirms it. <laughs> right. Well, basically, you know, what we were talking about earlier is I, I feel like right now just about all of them are playable. I mean, there are some exceptions. Um, yeah, like, you know, Nissa. The, the ones that I play, obviously, I you know, if I once I get a, a Jace 3, I'll be playing, you know, Trips, Jaces, uh Dubs Chandra plus Koth, um, Liliana, uh, Soren, Markov, uh, Garrick 1 2, uh, Ajani Goldmane, Elspeth 1 2, and Gideon. Uh, let's see what else. Um, Karn. Yeah, like Jace. Uh, what's, his yeah, Jace. Name, what's his name, too? Tez, too. Oh, right, yeah. And Nigabolus. Did you see the, uh, there was, like, a Planeswalker poster that was posted, like, on Salvation or something? Uh, I don't know. I don't think I saw that. Okay. Uh, I'll go and link it real quick. But, yeah, it, it just seems kind of apt for this episode, but it's, like, essentially shows all the Planeswalkers or whatever. Oh, okay. I'll link it in the chat window. There's like a, uh, I remember there was an old one with all of them fighting like Nicobolus or whatever. Yeah, I think that was like the Gateway or something. One of those funky Gateway ones or whatever. I think. Nicobolus! There we go. I just linked it there. But yeah, essentially, uh, yeah, it shows all the Planeswalkers or whatever. And yeah, like, you know, Chandra, uh, Ablaze, you know, it's just garbage. Right. I remember people were trying to run that, and I'm just like, no, this this is yeah. Like, I say Chandra one two. I meant Chandra one three. Sorry. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. I kind of, yeah. I figured, but like, uh, I think I don't know. I think a Blaze would be playable if she could discard any card, not just the whole the whole red stipulation is just so awkward. Right. Where people are like, well, she turns lightning bolts into flame javelins. I'm like, yeah, you need those in your hand. Right. Otherwise, it's just terrible. But yeah, just. Like, Nissa Ravane, you know, like, the Erratas and whatever, and I don't know, I just, no, don't, I don't really want to give people, that's, yeah. like, giving people free whatever. So the no. first Tezzeret is nice, I think, if you run lots of the faster artifact mana, so not only are you able to play him, but, you know, to be able to do something like turn to te- uh, Tezzeret 1, untap my two, you know, untap my Grim Monolith and something else, you know, like my Mana Crypt or something like that, you know, or be able to do that turn after turn just seems really ridiculous, but I could not imagine him being very good in my cube, for example, where I don't have a lot of that kind of stuff. So I think he is very cube dependent. Um, But, you know, White obviously has a lot more of them than, than some of the other ones. Um, 
but I don't know. Let's uh, let's kind of talk a little bit about how many there are, and I don't know. Are there? Do, do you think there are too many right now? No, I, I think it's fine. Like, it's one of those points. I think I think I put later in the spreadsheet. Just like, oh my god, sorry, I jumped ahead. Oh no, oh no, the time the time continuum. Where's where's Quantum Leap? <laughs> Who's the guy in Quantum Leap? Scott Bakula. Yeah. <laughs> you forgot. Oh boy. Oh no. Oh boy. Oh, he said, oh boy. <laughs> I love that show, by the way. Just saying. What Quantum Leap? Yeah. The show was pretty awesome. Show was awesome. I don't know why, but I don't know why, but it also makes me think of Knight Rider. I think just general '80s nostalgic shows, action shows. Ah, Quantum Leap is so good, though. And yeah. I don't. I don't think Quantum Leap started in the '80s. I think Quantum Leap was an early '90s thing, but I could be wrong. It probably was. That sounds right, actually. But yeah, I yeah started uh, eighty nine to ninety three. Eighty nine. Okay, I knew so, it started when I was in high school. I just couldn't remember when. Okay. It was very sad though. He never got home at the end. What? Yes. In the very last episode, he basically. I'm trying to think. He either. I know he jumps into. Uh, the guy who helps him, the hologram guy's life. He jumps into his life. The last season was really good. Like, at some point, like, he actually got to stop home because he was, like, the, his character was going through electroshock therapy or whatever, and some big thing came up where uh, the guy who was helping him with the cigar actually wound up in the leap, and he was actually home, so he got to see his wife again, but then basically volunteered to go back in to save the other guy. And then wound up never getting back home. What? Yeah, it was very sad. Wow. Oh. Awesome, but sad. On that note. Planeswalkers, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was kind of a planeswalker, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's kind of like Venser, like teleport, teleporting kind of. Oh, yeah, Venser kind of. too. I forgot about him. He's in the yeah. also. Yeah, he's he's been solid. Like... Yeah, it's just, yeah, if you get a good amount of blink effects, he's just, yeah, and people, like this. And people like Sarkins as well. Yeah. The Sarkins have been pretty solid. Like, I, I've been kind of, like, on my last, like, uh, red-black, so, like, you know, there's, like, Red Cap, uh, Terminate, and there's another Bit Blast. Right. Like, those are, the, those are the obvious three, and then I had room for another, and it's just been kind of rotating between, like, Lightning, Blazing Spectre, and Sarkin. I don't know, I've just been like... I think Sarkin's probably the most powerful of those three. Yeah. But I could definitely see wanting... I, I've just never been a big Blazing Spectre fan. I mean, yeah, I've like a, a long time, and that guy was just never very impressive. Yeah, I had him in, I've had him in my cube for a while, and I think I recently took him out for Sarkin, but... Like, I think I always just kind of rotated between them, but I had Blazing Spectre in for a while, but yeah, he was just... I don't know. He was never really super impressive. Like four mana, like you know, I, you know, I just say it a lot on the on the show. But it's like four mana in cube is just huge. You better be doing something huge. Like you know, even in just straight red, you got like Avalanche Rider. You got like all the the four mana LD guys, like Rune Blaster, uh, Avalanche Riders, like Baboons if you're running them, and then it's like. I just don't know if Blazing Spectre really and like Black. You got like, Skin Render and. Persecutor and Juice or whatever. And it's like, I don't know if Blading Spectre really com- 
competes that well. Sarkin, like, I don't know. I, I he's definitely nice for like upgrading your like your carnophages and jackal pups and your Kelden marauders and dragons. Like that's that's pretty solid. Sure. But yeah, I don't know. I think they're all like a lot of them are just really solid. Like uh. Yeah, it's just I mean if you run I'm, one of my favorite you know black red cards is rare be gone. So. Oh yeah. Yeah, rare be gone is pretty sick. When you get to sit and, you know, when you see it actually get played, you're just like, man, this card's really good. <laughs> <laughs> like, I thought it was kind of silly, but wow. Yeah, just like, kill all your, kill all your planeswalkers. Right, it's like, uh, blow up your planeswalker, sacrifice your creature, half your mana base, and half your hand. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll ditch a, uh... Right, I'll get rid of a char. Yeah. Anyway, back to Planeswalkers. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't think there are too many. I mean, maybe at some point in time in the future, I could see there being a too heavy a component of uh, of Planeswalkers at some point. Um, you know, if there's, say, ten of each color, I could see maybe wanting to limit yourself to, you know, five of each color or, or something like that, but... The fact is that this, you know, the the Planeswalkers are a really neat card type and a really neat mechanic, very flavorful, very fun, very powerful. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, But until, you know, until there's no good ways to answer them, you know, they obviously left alone, they can can dominate a game. But I I don't know. I'm just not seeing, as long as they continue to print answers that are good enough, um, and, you know, people continue to play creatures in their cubes that can attack them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I do like some of the, the way they're going with some of the other cards. You know, if it attacks you or a Planeswalker you control, deals damage to you or a Planeswalker you control. Because obviously, you know, the, the previous templating was always, like for the swords, you have to hit the player with it. Yeah, get the trigger if you hit the planeswalker or whatever. I like the fact that they're starting to uh, make it so it's both. I, I think that's a step in the right direction for helping, you know, to keep them under control as well. But I don't think there's too many right now. I think white, you know, going to the to the next point as far as like color imbalance, um, you know, where. I think you said it before the show that, you know, you've heard rumblings of the fact that blue and white get too much help with Planeswalkers. Yeah, I, yeah, I think I remember saying something like that, yeah. Uh, like, I don't know, like, for a while it was, like, uh, well, I just said like, like, 20 times. Like, Take a shot. Like. <laughs> exactly. But. Exactly. Yeah, it just seemed like for a while white had a ton of them, like, uh. There we go again. Uh, Goldmane, original Elspeth, new Elspeth, like Gideon, and whatever. And even still, I don't necessarily think that imbalances it. It's just like, like when I did the whole SWAT articles things, like huh. that was one of its strengths was like it has planeswalkers. Like, but I don't think that's necessarily that doesn't make it too good or whatever. Like, I don't know if I've never 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 really been a huge fan of like the like aside from like fast mana, you know, or, like, stuff like that, where it's just, like, super degenerate, 
I don't know, I've never really been a huge fan of just, like, cutting stuff because of the perception that they're too good. Like, the signets are too good, so we have to cut them. And bounce lanes are too good, so we have to cut them. Planeswalkers are too good, so you have to limit them or something. I just, doesn't, aside from the, like, there's, you know, you can argue that, like, they're, uh, you know, for a cube, you know, it just doesn't really make much sense because, you know, it's like the most powerful cards in the game. So why, why would you need to cut the Liana, you know? It, because, uh, it, you know what I mean? It's just, it's just kind of a weird argument, you know? Well, yeah, if you're playing with the most powerful cards, why are you limiting powerful cards? Now, granted, there are cards that I refuse to play with because I think they reduce the fun factor. Uh, yeah, I think, like, Moxon, like... The, the fast mana stuff, I think, reduces some of the fun in, in the games. Mind Twist is just, you know, a card I consider just to be supremely unfun because it's com- just completely unskilled. It's like, er, mana plus this card. Discard at random. You know what I mean? And, okay, well, I had to discard all my lands. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> nice game. Nice game mm-hmm. with you. You know what I mean? That's that's not what I want my cube games to be, uh, ever. So, you know, those are the reasons I don't include those. But Planeswalkers are pretty darn fun. Yeah. I mean, Even, like, uh, like cool. for, say, for example, Liliana, like, I cut her from my cube for a while because she just wasn't good enough. Like, I'm trying her again. Oh, she's pretty because- good. Like, she's solid, but just, like, when it comes to five mana, she just wasn't doing enough. Right. I, was just I like, think you need to leave her in there, because I think, I mean, I think, as you're saying, I think black and green, I don't think you want to cut them down to one Planeswalker. I think you want them to have that Planeswalker presence. And Liliana, just like the rest of them, will win the game if left alone. I don't know if that's really a good point, though, in, in about, like, I, like... I definitely, I think her best aspect was, like, in the control mirror, if you got her out, your opponent was just screwed. Right. Just like, okay, discard, your opponent was down, like, four cards, was like, okay. I also think it's very good against a lot of the mid-range decks, too, because if you are uh, able to deal with their larger creatures, I I think being able to get to an ultimate, because, again, the control matchup, you're just going to grind people cards, but the you know the ultimate's probably not going to matter that much. I feel like in uh, in that mid range because you know control's got it all over mid range to begin with. I think you can you can get to your ultimate and have just a ton of value out of that. Uh, I, I feel like the card's not that great against the aggressive decks. Yeah, there she's just kind of like diabolic tutor. Yeah, but also being able to tutor multiple. You know, even if you just get to tutor multiple times. Yeah, I think like if she gets to tutor twice, that's that's really good. Yeah. But it's just I'm not saying she's bad, but just like competition was just really strong, and it's just like she wasn't cutting the mustard. Like I put her back in, I'm like, okay, you're getting another shot. But like I don't know, like for example, like with the rumored new Liliana okay. in Innistrad, I don't know, like I guess like I remember people saying with new Chandra, it's like, oh, well, are you gonna just change new Chandra out with old one? I'm like. A, I don't necessarily think New Chandra is better than the old one, and B, it doesn't that really make sense to just... I mean, it's a convenient swap. Like, it's an easy, mm-hmm. uh, like, replacement, but I don't think that's necessarily right. Like, you know, it just doesn't... It just seems kind of... Like, the argument that, you know, like, say, Blue gets too good because it gets stuff like Jace and, uh, and whatever. It just... I don't... You know, it's like, say... Uh, Blue gets Jace, all the Jaces, and Black just gets uh, Liliana and Soren. 
which I guess, like, Liliana, you know, I think is on the weaker side of the Planeswalker. Soren, I, I don't know where I'd rank him. Kind of, I guess, in the middle, I guess? His, well, the problem is, he's very good. And yeah. I, I do enjoy playing with, with him. The problem is, is that he's six mana. Yeah, triple black, too, which is awkward. Yeah, but, you know, at six mana, triple black, you know, by that point in time, the triple's not really that big of a deal. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, in terms of, like, I don't know, actually, that's a good point. Never mind. <laughs> you know, like, I, I don't know if I'm playing, you know, first of all, I'm not playing him in a, and maybe that's what you mean, like, a, I'm not sure if I would play him in a primarily green deck that has a touch of black, but, I mean, if, yeah. I'm, a, if I'm at least, you know, if I'm a 50% black deck, I, yeah, he's you know, going in. But b- for, you know, math-wise, I should, you know, when I draw six lands, three of them should be black, you know what I mean? It's, especially because black has a tendency to have lots of uh, CC, you know, color-color spells. You know, you're going to be leaning your mana probably towards the black aspect anyway. So, I don't know, I just don't see... Well, I'm sure it could be awkward at times. I, I don't know how much more awkward it is than not being able to draw your sixth land. Yeah. You know, I, I don't I don't have the math for that kind of stuff. Nor do I. Yeah, I don't know. nor do I necessarily care. But yeah, <laughs> exactly. I was just about to say, but like in in the grand scheme of things, like in in terms of all the planeswalkers, I'm not sure where I'd rank Soren. Probably probably in the middle, I guess. Like comparing like uh, Koth and Jace and original Elspeth and New Garrick and whatever. I mean, I think I'd probably probably middle to back of the pack. Yeah, but it's just yeah, it's just like. But the argument that it creates an imbalance in the colors, like, you know, it's not like Planeswalkers are the entirety of a color. It's not like sure. just because white gets better Planeswalkers than black, that doesn't make it, like, that doesn't mean, oh, okay, black's a worse color. It's just bad at that. It's just, I guess, worse at that particular aspect. I mean, it's also worse just because black is kind of stinky right now. Yeah. I really hope I really hope it gets the boost in Innistrad. I, I would hope so. But you know who knows. The uh, other thing too, you know, if you're running a, uh, how big are each of your color sections? Uh, sixty-one right now. All right, now. so I mean, if it's sixty, if you have four planeswalkers, I mean, four out of sixty, not a very high percentage of of cards in your section. You know what I mean? It's like one out of fifteen. Right. Exactly. It's like you know. I don't know. I don't think it's necessarily that big of a deal. However, I would like to see... That being said, and all this that we've said, I still would like to see some more Planeswalkers and other colors before we get more playable white ones. Yeah, I don't I don't know if they're really going to have any... Like, I think... I don't know how uh, actively they try oh, to... Also, it's Johnny Vengeance. Durr. Oh, yeah, Vengeance. Ridiculous. Durr. Sorry. uh uh, yeah, I didn't actually. Yeah, I didn't think of that until you just mentioned it. I was like, yeah. I was like, I was like, man, because you know, like the thing is with the white planeswalkers is that those characters keep coming back. We've had two Elspeths. We've had two Ajani's. You know, Gideon's been promoted to the front line of you know base set corset planeswalkers. You know, Jace has come back twice. Yeah. Um, you know, only now are we getting like playable Chandra. And playable Garrick, you know, Redus, uh, Liliana, we've only seen one so far. You know, so I, I think the the flavor aspect of it is, is helping a lot, too, because they're able to bring back these other characters. And I think 
that's why they keep getting printed. So maybe with Innistrad, we'll see, we'll see, you know, another playable Liliana. Maybe we'll see another playable Soren later in the block. You know, I don't know. Yeah, they they released a poster for the like they did at the San Diego Comic Con. They did a uh, you know a Q and A for Magic or whatever, and they talked right. about oh. Innistrad. And like in the in the expansion afterwards, like Dark Ascension, it has like Soren with like a castle in the background. And he's looking all cool or whatever. So I'm guessing there's going to be a new Soren in that set. Right. So, you know, maybe we'll, you know, maybe the other colors will get to catch up a little bit. But, yeah, I definitely would like to see some more white, uh, some more other color planeswalkers, you know, especially green and black, before we see any more white ones. However, if they print awesome white ones, pff, still putting them in. Yeah, I was about to say, they're still going in. It's just like, and I don't think necessarily them being planeswalkers makes them too good. Like, I think you just treat them like anything else. It's like, like I said with Liliana, it's just like you, if it's if it it in and of itself isn't cutting the mustard, then you don't play it. It's the same thing with like, like people talking about the cutting original Chandra. It's like that doesn't for new Chandra. It's just to, I don't know if it's just be to maintain some kind of balance, or if it's just because it's easy. But even so, even then, I don't like unless unless old Chandra was bad. Then I could see that, but Old Chandra was, you know, has been solid. Like, usually it kills some, it kills a dude, if at least. Usually just, like, you know, like I guess the worst case is, like, it can't, you know, just kind of, like, hits a player or just, like, kills a Titan. And even still, it's. Yeah, like it's a five mana, it's just, you know, worst case scenario is that it's a five mana removal spell. Yeah, like kill target, persecutor, or Titan, or something. I'm like, okay. Right, fine. I can do that. <laughs> right, sure. exactly. Especially considering, uh, you know, Red sometimes has trouble dealing with, you know, six toughness creatures. You know, a lot of times you have to, you know, double team it with two different cards. But you know what? Like, here's a chance to do it with one card. And if that's what his role is, sure. I mean, if you cared that much about it, that you wanted to get rid of it, it was probably a problem for you in the game. So yeah. you're fine spending that card to, to get rid of it, so... Or if it's persecuted, you really do want to get after after your opponent's like at negative five or something. Yeah, you're just like take your you're like you know exactly you're just like uh, get rid of it. Yep, it's like yep, I got this guy. I did play a I did recently last week. I uh, played an opponent who had new Chandra in like a red green aggro deck, and like he played it and like hit me for one. I'm like okay, minus two, uh, uh, you know Chandra, you know minus two on new Chandra. Call the herd. I'm like uh oh. <laughs> and I think uh, I think I, I think like and then he flashed it back and then killed me and then there was another game he I think he was like uh, a plus one hit me minus two flame javelin oh. fork no it was uh, arc lightning wipe my board Oof. with both arcs and then uh, you know I think the next time she went minus two Double flame javelin, I'm dead. <laughs> I was like, dude, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty awesome. But yeah, I, I don't know, like, I don't know, just the, uh, I, I just think that's a misconception that, that's like, the imbalance, like, like, say, white has better rafts than black or red. I don't necessarily think that makes white too good either, you know, you know what I'm saying? No, like, no, and, and that's it, is that, you know, as long as your colors are balanced, and as long as people learn how to play against planeswalkers, um, unlike creatures, 
that you can just kind of leave them in play until you're ready to deal with them. Planeswalkers just have to be prioritized. And, and yeah, I it's like uh, it's one thing that people tend not to do. Um, I, I think they're getting better at it for sure. But I think I remember. Uh, uh, I remember the lore in pre-release, like, some dude, like, the first time I had my opponent play Planeswalkers, it was, like, a Johnny, and I don't think he really knew how to use it. But I think even then, like, man, that card's sick. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then I it's had, just, like, uh, Garrick in my pre-release deck, and literally just overrun people for, like, three straight rounds. Jeez. <laughs> like, play dudes, play dudes, play dudes, like, at one point, I remember, like, Playing him on turn five after having played creatures on two, three, and four, and then played like you know Garrick untap another three drop untap overrun you're dead. And, <laughs> man, that card's pretty good. I'm like, I know, <laughs> like this card's insane. That's my last round opponent says. <laughs> like, I that card's pretty good. Yep, yep, sure is. And I play yeah. ten, and it's like, huh, well. This time, I'm just going to play, like, triple call of the herd. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I love about the new Garrick. It's just, like, a constant stream of just right. three threes. Constant it's like, stream yep. of elephants. It's like, deal? Nope. Okay, deal of two. Here they come. Here they come. Nope. Here they come. Deal of three. There's more. Here's one. Here's another one. Yeah, how about this one? How about this one? Oh, and there's something, something with worms or something. Yeah, sure, we'll do that. This one okay? Okay, how about this one? Yeah. This one? It's like going to the eye doctor. Right. One or two. <laughs> one or two. One. One or th- three, three or three, three. A three, three. Three, three or three, three. Is this one okay? Three, three. What about this one? Three, three. One or two. <laughs> you're like, I don't know. Can you do those again? One or two. And you're like, dude, they look exactly the same. Yeah. Those are the words. <laughs> And you're, like, trying to squint, you're, like, you're trying to think, you're, like, what's the right answer? What should yeah. I be saying here? Should it be I'm one? Like, I don't know. Maybe it's two. I don't know. All the other ones were one. So should this one be two? It's, like, roulette. All the other, you know, for the previous 12, they were all reds. Should I put oh, yeah. black now? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> But the we went on a lot of ta- I like this like we went on a lot of tangents on this episode but I don't know I personally like it like I just love tangents or whatever oh and by the way random plug for uh I was on Monday Night Magic just uh last week nice yeah I just did a bunch of random just it was just me and Tom and we were just talking about random stuff a lot and I don't know like like random stuff yeah just I think I was ranting about like Jace and whatever I think it's just like the whole like damage control that was done with, like, Jace and Cobblade versus Affinity and whatever. It just... I don't know if many people really have caught on to that similarity between the two. I don't know. Maybe I just feel special. <laughs> I guess I have to. I, don't know. I guess people will have to tune in to find out. Yeah. Hey, that's true. It's, yeah, it's on the top of uh, MTG Cast. If you go there, it uh, has a picture of um, that whatever that Blood Gift Demon, that flying Frixine Arena guy. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. And I don't know, I remember, like, uh, I said this on the show, and I'll say it again, but, like, as soon as I saw that guy, I thought of uh, that song Have a Drink on Me by ACDC. And I said that on Twitter, I'm like, am I crazy if I'm the only one who thinks this? And no one replied, so I guess the answer is yes. Cricket, cricket, 
cricket. Yeah, and I was like, okay. <laughs> Crazy it is. <laughs> I was like, guess I'm nuts. <laughs> Speak but, yeah. of nuts. I wonder what everybody's thinking out there right now. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to segue to the next point with that. I'm like, I, I don't know. I just I just realized that there's a lot of directions I could go with that one. So That's true. Uh, people think that, you know, the basically that the control decks get two nuts with Planeswalkers, other than, you know, more than the aggro decks. Um, and I think that's another misconception. I think there are definitely Planeswalkers that are, are you know, serve roles better in control decks. Um, the Jaces, you know, have a have a better home there. But I think there are a lot of pretty good aggressive ones too. Uh, Koth, you know, the new Chandra, uh, both Ajani's. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Ajani Benjen is just oof. This is brutal in aggressive decks. Yeah, especially versus control where they're like, oh, I'll tap out for this. I'm like, okay, keep that land tapped. Yeah, I mean, even if they're just doing something, you know, just being able to stunt their growth, and you're just like, oh, by the way, if you don't kill this with your low creature count deck, and if you're not playing burn spells, like, you need to find a way to deal with this, I'm going to Armageddon. But not me. Just you. Mm-hmm. Good luck. I remember uh, the first time, like, it was uh, it was in Indianapolis, I played versus uh, Ben Weinberg. Okay. And he had a Johnny Goldmane, and I was, like, in blue-black control or whatever, and, like, I think he was, like, from five-color control thing or something. And he was just ramping up Vengeant. He was, like, you know, get there, get there, get there. Goldmane like, or Vengeant? You said both. Oh, yeah, Vengeant. Okay. Vengeant. So he was, he was ramping up with Vengeant, uh, you know, got it to where he could Armageddon me. Confiscate it. Getting you. Good game. <laughs> yeah, right. Thanks. Like, yep. Yeah, I was like, yep, sure, why not? <laughs> but yeah, just like, uh, like uh, even a lot of things, I think a lot of the Planeswalkers are pretty universally playable. Like, Garrick, I think he's pretty universally playable. Uh, I don't know if I would, uh, maybe I'd consider Soren, maybe, like as a curve topper, maybe, maybe. I don't know, like, original Elspeth, I would definitely say. Oh, Elspeth for sure. Two. Original Elspeth, for sure, both. Gideon, I think, is actually fine in both, too. Yeah, because he, like, he's a 6-6 six, six for 5. Well, here's the other thing he does. He clears the way for your for an alpha strike. Yeah. That too, yeah. Because, yeah, he jo- yeah, he also joins that attack. But, yeah, he's, uh, he's like, here's my three, th- you know, just my dudes, whatever, Blade Splicer, you know, whatever. My army, it's like, yep, I got this. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, in. everybody out of the way. Oh, I'm still around. Six. Yeah. So I you know, he's I, I think pretty good in, in all the different in all the different uh theaters of decks. So I, I think there are ones that are definitely I think there are enough that are, are better in aggro and there are enough that, that bridge the gap that I don't think it's that big of a deal. I also don't think it's I don't also don't think they're needed in control decks. You know, I don't think it's essential to have them to be successful. Um, I mean, they help for sure, but yeah, I, mean, I think it's just one of those things where it's just like, uh, you know, other it's it's not necessarily the be all end all of a deck. Like if you have Jace, let's say you have like uh, both Jace, 
uh, let's say you have like Memory Adept and uh, Mind Sculptor and uh, Original Elspeth in your Blue Eye Control deck, like those three are gonna be really good, but they end up of themselves. Like if the rest of your deck sucks, then okay, you've got a terrible deck with three good Planeswalkers. Right, then the rest of your deck sucks. Like. Hopefully, yeah, like, hopefully you can draw and protect them and not have me run over you in the meantime. Yeah, like, it's just, uh, you know, it's just, like, it, it's it, it's an aspect. Like, you still have to, there are other aspects which I think are a lot more important, where basic deck tenants, like, say, good mass and spot removal, having good threats, having good card advantage. And uh, Planeswalkers are a pretty inherent source of innate card advantage anyway. Sure. Like, even, even Sarkin the Mad, like, he creates card advantage. At least when he's flipping over cards, whatever. Like, it's not necessarily card advantage to upgrade, like, say, uh, your Carnophage into a, a dragon, but... Yeah, that's a, bo- that's a board advantage type thing. Yeah. But, like, you know, he's flipping, like, you flip over in a dark confidant mode. It's like, okay, I'll flip, and then uh, you get a dude for, you know, hit him for two or whatever. Like... They're, like the planeswalkers are all pretty good sources of card advantage, but I don't necessarily, you know, that's again, that's not the be all end all of a deck. Like that doesn't necessarily make it essential for a control deck. Like if you, I've seen plenty of good control decks without planeswalkers. I've seen plenty of bad decks with planeswalkers. Sure. Same thing with like power. Even like I've seen decks with like two Moxen and a Lotus still scrub out because their decks sucked. Right. Or whatever. It's, it's like same with the cast. Good cards to cast with everything. It's not cohesive enough. Well, the, the same thing, you know, you, you mentioned uh, the card advantage aspect of it. And while the, you know, the strict definition of card advantage is, you know, actually drawing cards or actually doing whatever, the thing to remember about the Planeswalkers is that while some of them do have abilities that say draw a card, you're still gaining quote-unquote card advantage because they're basically casting spells for you. You don't have to cast spells out of your own hand in order to do it. Yeah, like, you know, like cast Garrick. Call of the Herd, you know. Yeah, I was just saying, they cast Call of the Herd or, uh, I don't know, like, Goldbane. Gold I'm to think of a card that gives your guys, like, plus one, plus one vigilance. Like, Thrive puts, like, counters on X guys or whatever. Right. Well, and here's the th- and I think this is an important thing to remember, too. The first activation of these Planeswalkers... Are going, it's going to be an overcosted spell. Yeah. You know, Boomerang costs two mana, not four mana. Brainstorm costs one mana, not four mana. Call of the Herd costs three mana, not four mana. Uh, Fork costs two mana, not four mana. The problem, the thing is, is not, not the problem, but the, the issue is, is that the Planeswalker stays in play and gets to cast spells again. You know, that's where you're getting that card advantage is on that that second activation. You know, Lightning Helix costs two mana, not four mana. You know, things of that nature. And then once they stay in play and you get a second activation out of them, most of the time you're ahead at that point. If you get a third activation of some sort, forget it. You're just way ahead, even if it's not necessarily strict card advantage in some cases, but you could be significantly ahead. For example, you know, uh, someone's land not on tapping. Think about how, if that were a card, and it might be a card, and I just can't think of it, how much would that card cost? Like, target land doesn't untap next turn. What's it going to be, like hmm. a one-mana spell? You know, I was about to say, it probably cantrips too or something. Right. 
So, but that by itself is, you know, not that impressive. However, think of how many times you've played with or against a Johnny Vengeant that keeping that one land tapped every turn is such a dagger where you know that you or your opponent would have won had they not had to start under-dropping on their curve every turn. You know what I mean? Yeah. With, with the imminent threat of being able to cast a different spell later on. But sometimes just that keeping that one land tap is enough to win you the game a couple turns in a row. So is that card advantage? Maybe not it, Not in the strictest sense, but you're but, still gaining a lot of value out of it that's not necessarily card advantage. Obviously, sometimes it is. If you get to, you know, tap your land, lightning helix this creature and kill it, lightning helix that creature and kill it. Yes, you've generated card advantage because your Johnny Vengeant has killed two of your opponent's cards. So, I mean, there are times where it definitely does that, but I think sometimes it's a little more veiled in in the in the card advantage or the value advantage gained by the Planeswalkers. I don't, yeah, know, I don't know why I talked about all that, but... I don't know. Like, it makes sense, too. Like, Well, the other thing I wanted to talk about, too, is as far as, like, the control decks go, I I think in looking at it and, you know, and thinking a little bit about it, I think control decks, basically, there are, like, a few components. You know, you talked earlier about having components. Um, I think successful control decks, you know, there's, I think, three major components, and most... In order for a control deck to be successful, you have to have at least two of them. Um, and the first one is is hand control. So that's, you know, things like, if you're black, discard spells. Um, counter magic, I consider it to be hand control, because you're controlling what your opponent does with their hand. You know what I mean? Hmm. You're, a discard spell does it proactively. A counter, you know, a counter spell does it reactively. Um I think that's one of the the components. The second one, I think, is board control. Um, so, like you said, mass removal, spot removal for permanence, um, you know, things like Vindicate, Doomblade, you know, Path to Exile. Um, but I think this can also include lands, too. Um, think of the Wildfire decks. You know, just to spell Wildfire by itself, not only, you know, is removal for creatures, but a lot of times having your your opponent sacrifice four lands is good enough for the win as well, especially when you have a creature left over. Yeah, like uh, a, a titan or whatever, right. or something huge. Right, you know, a random dragon, you know. Uh, and I think the third aspect of it is a finisher. Um, now this could be, you know, so basically a big way to end the game. So something you're talking a, a Morphling, a Sphinx, um, this could be a Jace Memory Adept. You know what I mean? This could be a, a few different things where you can end the game quickly. You know, uh, a Decree of Justice. Um, to end the game and put things away quickly once you have control of what's going on. You know? Because obviously you're not going to be able to just straight up race most decks. You have to, you know, you can't just let your opponent do whatever they want and hope that your big creatures do the work for you. I, I think if you look across these, you know, hand control, board control, and a finisher, I think there's, obviously the best decks have all three, but I've seen successful, you know, decks with two of the three for sure. Um, think about, like, the red-white wildfire or red-white board control decks. They don't really, they don't have discard. They don't have counter magic. What they have 
is just a metric ton of removal and ways to kill your opponent. Yeah, especially when the like in red decks, how like uh, they can combine the latter two. I guess with like you know like Inferno Titan, FTK, uh, stuff like that. Right. I mean Wildfire. I mean yeah. Like I said, Wildfire is a, a double sweeper. You know. I mean yeah, you have to blow up your own lands too, but obviously you you know you want to get yourself in a position where you that's not as big a deal, whether it be through artifact mana or ramping or whatever else. But I've definitely seen like. You know, red, white, you know, board control token decks that, you know, sweep, sweep, sweep. Oh, decree of justice, you know, <laughs> you're dead. You know, kill this guy, kill that guy, and a Johnny Vengeance, you know, killing some other people, and just, you know, constantly generating lots of X for ones. Flame tongue your guy, and then kill it and kill something else in combat, you know. Uh, uh, red cap. Right. I mean, Grim Lava Mancer, even. Yeah, you know, generate stuff like that. So I feel like those components are necessary. And while Planeswalkers do fit into each of those, for example, uh, Liliana Vess fits into Discard. Uh, a lot of the Planeswalkers fit into, you know, into the board control aspect of it. Um, and that's the, the, the best Planeswalkers, you know, the, or, you know, it's like the cliche, it's like the best Planeswalkers defend themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like that same kind of it's thing. It's not even where, a cliche, uh, though, because I think it's actually just true. Yeah. I, I guess maybe it's one of those... I mean, it seems like one of those arguments people bring up all the time when there's, like, a new Planeswalker. It's like... Oh, I bring uh, it up this, all the time, because that's one of the reasons I don't like some of the ones that other people really do like. Yeah, like, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if you don't want to bring... I don't know if I want to bridge that topic, approach that topic don't, right now. Don't, don't want people to get butthurt. Yeah, I don't want people to get all mad and stuff. But, yeah, circle balls. People casting. <laughs> anyway. Um, but, yeah, definitely, like, Karn, I think, is, is definitely one that fits multiple roles. Like, I don't know if I'm mentioning it because it's in the Cracker Pack, and I'm looking at it right now. But, no, you know, I've like, had a chance to play with it, and you, it's been successful for you, so. Yeah, dude, yeah, it's just like, you know, the hand control aspect, the board control, it's just, especially if you're able to get Karn to where you're riding the wave, I was like... Right, plus minus, pitch. plus minus, plus minus. Yeah, 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 where it's like, yeah, pitch, exile, pitch, exile, over and over, it's like, oh, God, I can't beat this thing. Right. Like, okay. Scoop. So, like I said, and while they fit in all those aspects, there are lots of very successful control decks that can be built without them. I mean, would they help? Well, sure, they help. Any powerful card is going to help you. But are they needed? No, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't because I think even I think there are other cards also that do uh, multiple rules, like Inferno Titan, for example, like board removal and finisher, right? Or like Frost Titan, or. Uh, I'm trying to think of a huge finisher that, like, Consecrate Sphinx. You know, huge finisher draws you cards, whatever. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that, where I think I think Planeswalkers, a lot of the time, do, I think, do multiple rules, but, yeah, that doesn't necessarily... That, in and of themselves, doesn't make them broken. Like, you know, I... Yeah, like, I, th- I remember seeing, I think, somebody playing, like, Jace and Gideon, and they died, like... It doesn't necessarily just because you're casting them doesn't mean you're gonna right. win. It doesn't mean your deck is gonna be bonkers. It's like anything really. You just have to make good decks. They aren't gonna build the deck. 
Planeswalkers aren't going to make your deck. Sure. You still need to make sure the rest of your deck doesn't suck. Sure. And, and I think, too, I think that can be another component of the control deck, too, is ways to generate virtual or real card advantage. Because, you know, I, I don't know how many games you, as a control deck you can win just one for wanting. You know, at some point you have to two for one, you have to get ahead. Yeah. But, and I guess that could be a part of it too, but that, I think the card advantage thing can be included in any of the other things. You know, for example, I mean, even a card as simple as Absorb kind of does two things. You know? Yeah. Uh, Being able to, you know, Arc Trail two creatures, or Wrath three creatures, or, you know, Consecrated Sphinx, you know, even if it lives for one turn, you've gotten, you know, three for one, because you've drawn two cards, and they've used a spell to remove it. Ideal. Yeah, have you, have you, uh, had, what, what do you think of Concentrated Sphinx, by the way, in Cube? Um, I am, I've just recently picked up one to try it, haven't seen it in play yet, so, um, the more I think about it, the more I like the idea of it, but I still feel like I like Sphinx of Dwar Isle better, um, but I don't know. I, like I said, I, unfortunately, I haven't had a chance. I just recently picked up a foil one, and it hasn't come up in a draft yet. Uh, so I'll, I'll let you know more as it goes on. But I've, I've thought enough about it that I, I think I'm willing to try it to see how well it does. I think I made that change myself. I think I made a – I think I replaced Juara with Consecrated Sphinx, and I think I've been happy with it. Like, I don't know if – like, I remember some people, like, when they make changes, they're like, I've, I've done this, and – I'm and it's like I don't miss this card. I don't know. Yeah, it seems like, I, I don't like a bad breakup like or something. Reasoning. It seems like a bad breakup or something where somebody's like, like when they have a bad breakup or something like, well, I didn't like going to the theater anyway or whatever. Right. Just like I didn't like it, it's, going. It seems to, kind of immature way to do it. It's like, well, I didn't like all the all that free fine dining anyway. I'd much rather gain weight by eating crappy burgers every day. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Like, well, I don't miss it at all, you know. And, and, and while there, you know, that has a little bit of a point of, you know, I try to, when I cut cards, think of when I either draw the card that I removed for it or I think of game situations, I think, what I rather have this card in my hand right now, this card that I removed, or what situations would I want that card in, that's more when I think of the not missing it at all type situation. Yeah, or just like I think when a card just doesn't do much, or if a card is bad, but I don't think those should be the, the common kind of changes. Like, you know, if you try a new card from a set and it sucks, take it out. Who cares? Like, yeah, it's just like if say I'm trying to think of a bad card that I tried recently and it just didn't work because it was like a new card. I'm not really sure, but like say you try some new card and you're like, hey, this card seems really cool and it sucks, and then it's like, okay. I'll take that out, right? And not, and I'm not going to miss that card because it's terrible. <laughs> I don't know. You just deal with it and, and be done. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just random aside, but it's just like uh, I don't know. Where did that point even come from, anyway? I'm trying to even think of where that even came from. Oh, the Consecrated Sphinx thing, I guess. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I do love Consecrated Sphinx. It's a it's a good creature. Yeah, but, and I think the reason why I started wanting to try it is because I played it some and constructed. Oh, in uh, what was it in? In the uh, in Splinter Twin deck. Huh. Played it as a one of alongside of a one of Inferno Titan main deck, 
And then, you know, there were games where I would just draw and be like, and have it in play. Oops. Uh-oh. Have it in play, untap with it, and be like, well, I just drew two extra cards, and I'm going to draw two more, and I pretty much feel like I can't lose. Or I had Jay Speller in my deck, and it'd be like, all right, so Consecrated Sphinx, go draw two cards during your upkeep. On my turn, plus two Jay Speller in. You draw one, I draw three. Yeah, I accidentally, uh, when we're in, uh, we're in Indianapolis, I think I was playing, I think, versus Adrian, where uh, I think we were Winstoning with my cube, and I accidentally stumbled on that combo with original Jace and uh, Consecrated Sphinx. Uh-huh. I didn't even realize it until I did it, and I was just like, I had Consecrated Sphinx on the original Jace, and I'm like, plus two. Whoa, I draw three. Yeah. <laughs> like, whoa, this is the coolest thing ever. And I think he was surprised. He was like, what? And I'm like, yep. I was like, yep, I guess I... So I win now. <laughs> <laughs> well, but yeah, the uh, one of the other misconceptions uh, that we wanted to talk about too was the well, removal for planeswalkers is pretty scarce, and you know they're impossible to deal with. Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't buy it. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I do wish that there was more cheap ones in green, but. Yeah, I don't think that there's, like, I, I don't think that just because, like, there are less in cube than, say, there are in constructed or whatever, you have, like, you know, four O-rings or fetters or whatever. Well, okay, fetters wasn't, that would be a, that would be a cool reprint, by the way. For sure. I would, I would definitely get down on that. But, yeah, like, I don't think just we because there's less, I could, de- I don't know, I even know what I said there. But <laughs> you said, I thought you were talking nasty for a second. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Oh, I think you said get down on that. Maybe yeah, that sounds I, right. Yeah. I thought you said go down on that. I'm sorry. I don't know. Go go down for the throat. Yeah, right. Go for <laughs> the deep throat. I don't. <laughs> not sure. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I mean, there's less answers. Like a lot of the like, like say when Phyrexian Revoker came out, I was all you know. Oh, I'm leading myself for another pun. You know, just like I was all up on that card. Uh huh. Because it was just. A really solid uh, hoser for, I guess, Planeswalkers or just, like, anything in general, but the fact that a hose Planeswalkers was pretty solid. Like, uh, you know, two mana stop your sword from ever uh, going onto a dude, or two mana stop your, uh, I, don't, I don't know if that's actually any really very good against Batter Skull, but it, hey, it stops it from bouncing and equipping. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just like, I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to think of. I haven't really counted how many answers there are for planeswalkers, but like, the thing is, is every single creature is a virtual answer for a planeswalker, also. Yeah, especially ones with haste or ones that burn things when they come to play. Right, right. Just like anything that helps get to them more efficiently, whether it be shadow, whether it be flying, whether it's haste. You know, any of that kind of, any sort of evasion, pseudo-evasion, removing creatures when it comes into play. I mean, heck, I mean, there are times where sometimes you can't profitably cast a Planeswalker because your just opponent just has too many creatures, and you don't want to cast, you know, a four-mana boomerang, you know, unless you really need to. But you know, Yeah, I was about to say, unless you, like, cast, really... I'm going to die unless I do this. 
I'm just going to do it, and who knows, maybe they won't attack it. You know, maybe I'll get to keep it in play. Um, so, I mean, it's not, you know, they're not overwhelming. Yeah, you know what, on an empty board for both players, yeah, they're going to be pretty good. But guess what? So are a lot of permanents are going to be pretty good on an empty board. Yeah, I was about to say, it's like almost anything. It's like, I don't know, I'm trying to think of what else there could be. But, yeah, pretty much almost anything's on, right. on an empty a board. 3-3 will kill somebody. You know, a vanilla 3-3 will kill somebody if left alone, too. So, Yeah, like a hard cast ingot chew or whatever. Like, yep. You know, just for a second, I thought you were talking about a new Pokemon. I thought you said Inkachu, <laughs> not Ingachuer. And my first, my first part of it was like, Inkachu. Would that be like if Pikachu got Frexianized, like Ink Moth Nexus? Oh, I was thinking like the Incas or something. Oh yeah, so you could wear like the the headdress and everything, and yeah, on top of like the pyramid. Quetzalcoatlmon, I choose you. <laughs> Quetzalcoatlmon, very nice, very nice. But I think also uh, it kind of brings a point, like, uh, say in Standard, where for a while you had the Jace test, where, like, say, if a creature couldn't pass the Jace, like, Worm Coil Engine, nobody played Worm Coil Engine for a while because it couldn't pass the Jace test. I think the biggest culprit of that is Hero Bladehold. Yeah. Yeah, people people are starting to actually play that now. Before, like nobody, nobody would ever like. It seemed like Oxid Ridge was like the one everybody was playing because it had haste. Right, and it got and then, around all the walls, and you know. Yeah, spell skites and all that fun stuff. But I and I like and I think like right now in standard, let's I guess it's dismember test. Where it's like you know if it something doesn't have more than it doesn't have an immediate effect, you know it's like the same thing with chase where. I don't know, actually, I don't know if the dismember test is as much. But the, the reason I point this out is because I think constructed, like, sing, singular cards are, I don't know, I guess more influential, I guess. Okay. I don't, I don't know, I'm just, at this point, I guess, I don't know if it's really working really well, but I don't know, actually. I guess I was trying to, like, equate, like, the, you know, like, the Jace test is, like, a lot more, like, imposing or whatever, but... For Planeswalkers, I guess it isn't as much. It's like, oh, I'll, uh, yeah, I can't deal with this because there aren't answers. I guess maybe the opposite end, where I guess people think just because there aren't a ton of answers. I don't know. Well, the thing that is, point here's the thing, though. Um, if you went to a standard tournament, you were going to play against Chase. If you cube draft, you might not play against a Planeswalker. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the same as, you know, the whole hate drafting thing you know, why you shouldn't hate draft early in packs. Um, because, you know, one, you know, for as far as Planeswalkers and Cube go, one, they have to be open. Two, they have to be drafted by your opponent. Three, they have to be able to draw them and cast them. Yeah. So while, for example, Hero of Bladehold was just really bad because you know that if you, let's say, you go to a Star City Open and you're playing eight, nine rounds, you know you're going to be playing against Jace the Mind Sculptor at least half that time. And if you just have a card in your deck that's just terrible against a card that you're going to see a lot, then you probably shouldn't be playing that card. I don't think that the same thing exists in Cube. I don't think you, you know, well, I'm just going to be playing against Planeswalkers every round, and this is going to be terrible because I don't have any way to deal with them. You know, I, I think they said, I think there are more ways to deal with them than people... Acknowledge, 
Um, there are not a, a lot of direct ways to deal with them. You know, one for one card, target it, get rid of it. Yeah, but and I think yeah, those are the obvious examples. Like, uh, yeah, like and these, I, I think that's what the put, thing I put in the spreadsheet. Like, yeah, Revoker, a Cast Warp Beast Within, Pithing uh, Needle, Vindicate, yeah, Maelstrom Pulse, O Ring, Fetters, Fetters. Uh, I guess the general planes like uh, Primus. Right. Some people, you know, like charts like Pithing Needle. Um, you know, stuff that directly, you know, directly impacts it and says, hey, that card doesn't work anymore. But, I, you know, like I said, there are a ton of other cards that do that, too, like Burn Spells and Creatures, you know. Yeah, like, kind of sucks that you can't, you know, bash their face with your creatures, but, you know, you got to do what you got to do to win the game. Yeah. And I don't know, like... Uh and, and as far and as and good and stuff goes, I'm sorry to, to cut you off, but... Uh, that's all good. The... As far as, you know, we talked about, like, well, what makes a card a good or a bad Planeswalker answer? Um, I think as far as good goes, and I and this is, a you know, something I believe in, like, just cube philosophy in general, it just needs to have value versus non-Planeswalker decks or non-Planeswalker cards. You know, yeah. Revoker. Yeah, Revoker is a great Planeswalker answer. But you know what it also is? It's also a colorless two mana for two power that you can name equipment, that you can name, you know, other cards with. You know, Stoneforge Mystic, Eight and a Half Tails, you know. Can't it also uh, stop Moxin or whatever? Yeah, I, I, I crushed somebody because I named their... They kept a two-land signet hand, and they're, you know, it was like I, you know, they played their signet. I'm just like, okay, my turn to name your signet. They're like, huh. (laughs) That sucks. Like, so, you know, it's got a lot of value versus other things. I I don't know if I would, you know, I would not play a card in the cube that said destroy target planeswalker. Yes, yeah, just straight up. Yeah, just and I think uh, you know what's the, the funny thing is like in uh, they printed uh, Revoker, Oxid Ridge, and uh, Thrun all to combat Jace, and they didn't really do much against Jace, but they're they're all really good cube cards. Yeah, and and uh, Bladehold too. Even though Bladehold wasn't specifically <laughs> to combat Jace, that's for sure. Yeah, but. You know, they, they printed a lot. Once again, that magical four-drop spot. I mean, three of those four cards are four, four mana. Yeah, and I think four mana is pretty huge. I think for a lot of these uh, hosers, and I think it's a way for any lots of cards in cube, is that you just, uh, for lack of a better term, don't sell yourself on cards. Like, it could be really easy to say, like, you know, something is, uh, you know, primarily for planeswalkers and then kind of has some kind of meh uses otherwise. I can't really think of many cards like that, though. But I think it's more of a general point I guess I want to bring up. It's just, like, sell, I think I think that's one of the more important skills in Cube is to not sell yourself on cards. Just or you sell yourself on cards. Because I think, like, really all cards that are end up in Cubes, like, you can, they have their talking points. Sure, you can argue for the inclusion of a lot. Yeah, it's just whether they are actually good enough. 
for example. I, I can't really think. Like I said, I can't really think of any particular examples. I probably should have thought that out before I actually brought up the point. Well, what but, do you think of a card like? Uh, what do you think of a card like the spies? No. Nah. That's an example. Hey, you, you, John Stockton with the assists. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, assists. That's. I mean, uh, the spies. It's a perfect example. I think where I think it's like. I think. Like, uh, I don't know, I just don't think it's really that great. Like, uh, outside of, like, I think, a lo- the reason I think a lot of people put it in their cubes was to uh, combat planeswalkers and then kind of, oh, and it hits creatures also. Yes, yeah, so that- where I always felt about the card of, okay, well, I'm never playing ostracize in my cube, and the fact that it, you know, can make people discard one of the, you know, 20 Planeswalker cards, maybe. I don't even think there, I don't even know if there are that many. 15, 12? I think there's 20-ish. I think there's maybe like 18. But I mean, that's that's not enough added value over top of Ostracize for me. Well, I think like for some of those kinds of cards, like say uh, Chandra's Phoenix or uh, Burst Lightning, for example, like they have a kind of a primary mode, I guess. And then what pushes them over the top is some extra added value, like the kicker on Burst Lightning or the recursion on Chandra's Phoenix. But I don't think think the Planeswalker mode on Despise really pushes it over the top. Yeah, I agree completely. Yeah, I think that's that's an example of a card that I don't... I think it may be one of those cards where, like, you know, the ghost of Billy Mays is telling you that, you know, hey, it uh, hoses Planeswalkers, and it does all this other stuff, and if you order right now, you get a... Free order against you knives or something. Man, I, I think uh, I think you commune with spirits a lot more than I do because I think Billy Mays talks to you a lot when when you're cubing or when you're I'm, doing cube stuff. I think my box may be haunted. I think I put too much OxyClean on it or something, and then Billy Mays is like, "Oh, <laughs> did you?" Use, I'm gonna go. Uh, what was the the super? It's like the uh, the putty stuff that like is super Kablam? sticky. Like, I don't know, like, oh, Goo Gone, like, maybe? Fix, I don't know. You get to fix piping with it, like, you just basically, you squeeze it to activate it, and then you stick it on things, and it's, like, huh. forms, like, a permanent bond. I, I don't remember, actually. I don't know, like, they, I remember, they, I remember Billy Mays was, like, stuff. I remember Billy Mays did the whole, like, OxyClean, and then there was something else, like, Kaboom or something. Uh, kaboom is awesome. Don't, don't. What, really? Don't smack talk Kaboom. Yeah, man, we use that to clean, uh. We've used that to clean our bathrooms here uh, for years. It just works wow. so well at getting, uh, especially, you know, I, I imagine most people listening to our podcast, just a shot in the dark, are probably single males. Uh, <laughs> who And single males have a tendency to never, ever clean their bathtub. Uh, oh, like all the grime and whatever? Oh, God, I've, I've walked into some horrifying, you know, staying with friends, you know, and they seem perfectly reasonable. And then you go into your bathroom, and you just hear, like, the psycho music when you look at the shower. It's like, I remember, like, boom, just, like, literally, you just spray it in there. It just, like, eats right through all that crap. It's so nice. Huh. Yeah, it's it's actually pretty awesome. So no smack talking kaboom. When I think of bad bathrooms, I think, have you seen the first Saw movie? Yes. I think of that bathroom in the first Saw movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's pretty much what, like, I've I've seen. I've seen that. And Kaboom actually helps a ton with that, so. Lesson learned, people. Yes. Also, you don't want to have the, uh, the, the Showtime rotisserie grill. The yeah, you were telling me about that last time. I was like, what? Yeah. That thing seems so dumb. Actually awesome. Did you say, like, the best, like, uh, rotisserie chicken you've ever had or something? Oh, it was, like, one of the best chicken, like, best chicken I've ever had, period. 
Wow. It was um, it was like perfectly done. It was so juicy. It was uh, awesome. And so it's like, like the laziest thing ever. Like once yeah, just, perfect for, you know, single male who doesn't want to spend time cooking. Like set it and forget it. Yeah, just put some like a uh, photo draft and come back and you're like, hey, delicious chicken. Like, yeah, and <laughs> I actually look like I know how to cook. <laughs> put some spice rub on it. You're right, right, right. Exactly. You know, you put some, you know, shake some stuff on it, you know, go to store and buy random, you know, X poultry seasoning, shake it on there, stick it in there. We did it. <laughs> Got there. <laughs> but I, I think, uh, I don't know, like, I, don't know, I remember a lot of the bad products, and I think that's the ones I think of, like, with bad infomercials and, like, bad talking points for cards. Like, there was one called, like, the Brown and Crisp Bag, and the idea of it was, like, this stupid little bag, and you put it, you put your food in there, like a steak or whatever, okay. and you put your microwave, and then it does something, I don't know, it, and then you take it out, and it's supposed to be cooked. And, you know, it's just like, you know, the talking points in the infomercial, like, oh, my God, you can save so much time. Although I think they did a really bad job. Like, they put a steak in there it was on the infomercial. They put the steak in the bag, okay. and they microwaved it, and then they took it out. And when they cut into it, it literally looked purple. <laughs> I'm like, huh. That was one That was one I used to prank call all the time back in the day, because that thing just looked so stupid. It's like, yep, I want some purple meat. It just was nasty. Like, they should have cut that out in post. Like, right. seriously. Also, Magic Bullet, awesome. Which is that? Oh, is that the the blender? Yeah. Wow. Yes, was sir. The, was that the infomercial with like the British guy? Um, there is the one commercial I've seen is it's like they're all hung over in the morning. It's like the morning. Yeah. Yes, and they're yeah, they're all like, like oh it was man, so sweet. And like the girl comes out with like the rollers or whatever in her hair, and she's like. Rrr. Yeah, and she was like, has a, like, probably smoking or something. What's it gonna do for me? And he yeah. makes like, you know, like smoothies for everybody. Yeah, that Magic Bullet's awesome. The only thing is, it's really loud when you use it. Huh? Yeah, it's super, super loud, but it's super, super awesome. So. Yeah, they don't go over that. That's yeah. Yeah, you can get them at like Kohl's Ta- and Ep- or like Target or something. Yeah. I saw a commercial for the Baby Bullet the other day, and it's got to be the same company, but it's so you can make your own fresh baby food. <laughs> You put, like, all the stuff in there, and it, like, mixes it up. So instead of having to spend a ton of money on that, you just make, you know, throw your own fresh ingredients into it and make baby food for your own kids. Wow. Yeah, the baby bullet. And all of the cups have little smiley faces on them. <laughs> what? Why? Yeah. It's like what? baby bullet. That's actually the name of the website. It's like, I don't know if it's babybullet.com or whatever, but... Yeah, it's super amusing. You should look at it after the show. It is. I was gonna, I was gonna amusing. Google it or something. But yeah, baby bullet. Uh, yeah, babybullet.com. <laughs> makers of from the makers of Magic Bullet. Yeah. So it's the same thing. I knew it had to be the same thing. I just saw an infomercial for it like late last night or the night before. I'm like, man, baby bullet like Magic Bullet for that so you can put next children in. <laughs> Big enough to fit a baby. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. on that note, let's uh, let, let's keep going here. Uh, so, why do you think why do you think this this perception of planeswalkers being too good um, has come around? Like, I don't know. It just seems like uh, like it just doesn't seem like it's addressing the actual problems of of like I, I, like 
I don't know, maybe it's just, like, something's wrong, like, I, I guess, with, if, if people are, if, like, people are saying, like, Planeswalkers are too good, or, like, too many Planeswalkers is bad, it just seems like, I don't know, it just seems like, it kind of reminds me of the whole Signet thing, when people were saying, like, oh, Signets are too good, like, they make attack decks suck, like, and I don't know, I think that's going to be my next article, and I'm, like, probably going to try to get a good amount of lead time to make sure I get it, like, exactly right. But I think the Signet thing, the Signet and Bounce Land thing, I said, I think, I think it's a symptom of a more underlying problem in cubes like that. You know what I mean? Where it's like, it's not Signets and Bounce Lands that are too good. It's just that attack decks, quote-unquote, attack decks suck. The, you know, it's just like the decks are, like, too slow and too defensive, etc., it just seems like, it seems like, you know what I mean, with, like, that being a symptom, mm-hmm. but that's not the cause. Like, I guess, planes, quote-unquote, Planeswalkers decks are too good because the decks that are their natural prey aren't good enough. Or they're, or they're, uh, they're, yeah, the Predator, yeah. <laughs> the, the Predator of those, like, Planeswalker decks just aren't very good. Like, I've seen cubes like that, like, you know, we talk about, like, the Dragon Cubes a lot, uh-huh. where it's just, like, nobody does anything for, like, five turns, and... Like, in a no deck like that, right, I, I'm, I'm going to jump on your point here, because in a deck like that, if you can, for example, get a Jace the Mind Sculptor in ahead of the Haymaker swinging, yeah, you're, it's going to be you're, pretty hard to deal with. Like, Yeah, your opponent is dead. Unless they mise out like a Manland or something, they're dead. I mean, it seems like you could really, you know, if you can get in ahead of that action, because, one, you're controlling their draws, Two, if they actually land a dragon, you're like, meh, bounce it. Yeah. Even if they get, like, a titan or something, it's like, meh, okay, cool. Nice, uh, nice prime time or whatever. You know, so, and I think that could be a part of it. I think, too, what can also happen is, you know, to quote the movie Rounders and to quote, you know, every poker player ever, you know, you don't remember all the hands you've won. But the ones you remember are the are the like the biggest beats, and oh, like the bad beats. Yeah, and I think we have a tendency to remember those kind of things. And it's like you remember all those times where like, yeah, I was winning this game, and then my opponent played this planeswalker, and then I died, and I couldn't draw my answer or something. Right, exactly. Or you know, and I think it, and I think this kind of reminds me. Of, I think another point I want to bring up with the hoser thing is kind of like when people put like bad like graveyard hosers. Like I think. I don't know, I'm try- this is a point I guess I'm kind of totally riffing, that it's like, uh, like say your opponent uh, cheats out some huge dude in like turn three or something, like goes uh, frantic search, dump, necromancy, go. And your opponent ha- can't do anything about it. Like, I guess it's that feeling kind of of helplessness. It's just like, sure. man, I really wish I had an answer, but I didn't, and that sucks. What? Man, I should po- totally put a Relic of Progenitus in, or... Tormod's Crypt or something, and it's just like... Right, overreact the other way. Yeah, and I think maybe that's, you know, it's like those things you remember, it's just like those kind of, well, I wanted to, uh, you know, I was, the game was pretty evenly matched, and then he played uh, Chandra, Chandra Nalar, and I couldn't answer her, and I died. I was like, oh, man. I don't know, it, it, I think that's definitely, yeah, that's definitely a good point. But, but I think I, almost, I think that's, I once wonder if that's if that's part of it or but I think the point of the uh, you know 
it, it could be a symptom of the aggressive decks not being good enough. It could just be a symptom, too, of, like I said, and I don't know, you know, I don't know how well people play or people don't play, but, I mean, I think there are definite times where, you know, it's a skill to learn when you need to deal with the Planeswalker and when you can afford to ignore it. Yeah, like if you're plays pace. I don't know, you know, I, I don't know if I had that figured out all the, you know, all the way either. But I think there's, you know, with them being, as far as History of Magic goes, still a relatively young card type, I think people are still, in general, trying to figure out how to prioritize dealing with Planeswalkers. I mean, I, I can remember a game specifically uh, a couple of standards ago playing fairies against... Uh, Elspeth. And I, I remember, like, just not being able to, for multiple turns in a row, trying to uh, destroy his Elspeth Knight Errant and, like, just not really making any headway. And it took me a couple turns, and I'm like, man, if I was just attacking him, he would already be dead. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, you know, what am I doing? You know, like, why am I wasting my time? It, it doesn't matter as much as I think it matters. So I, I think things like that, too, can cause you to lose a game. Because if I would have kept attacking his Planeswalker, he might have, you know, had time to draw himself, you know, some better cards. And then I would have lost that game, and I would have thought to myself afterwards, man, I lost that game because of Elspeth. Instead of, man, I lost that game because I kept attacking Elspeth for no reason instead of just killing my opponent. Yeah, I, think I was about to say, I well, to, to have that train of thought. Yeah, I was about to say, I guess you did lose because of Elspeth, but not for the reason that... Right, really not would think because of actual Elspeth, because it it tricked me into misplaying. Yeah. So, you know, it's... It, and I think that's, even though that sounds very subtle, I think it's very important. Because, you know, yeah. if you just ignored it, you you know, I would have won. I mean, I wound up winning the game anyway, luckily, because I figured it out in time. I was about to ask him, like, did you end up winning anyway? Yeah, I wound up winning anyway, but it was much closer than it needed to be. Uh, yeah, because your punch is just, he should have been just dead. Right, right. He just would have been dead, like, multiple turns earlier, you know, instead of, you know, it's like, oh, well, if he, you know, it was like one of those things where I'm like, well, if he winds up playing this, then I'm going to wind up dying to it, so I want to get rid of it now. Or, you know, grind it away soon. And then I just, like, thought about all the damage I did to it. I'm just like, what am I doing? Like, I should just kill my opponent instead. And, like, once like, I did that, like, game was over in a few turns, you know? Nice. <laughs> so, I mean, luckily I didn't get too punished for it, but it was kind of an eye-opening moment for me anyway. And, you know, helps me try to talk to other people about it, you know, trying to trying to prioritize things. Correctly. Do they usually do they usually listen or do they just get defensive? I mean, what do you think? Like most people, I mean, I'm not a you know a pro. I, I most do magic players, they, I mean, assuming they would just get defensive and say, "Oh, this guy." Is well, yeah, I mean, right, exactly. Just think about think about what most magic players do. And sorry for you people out there, but we all do it. You know, being told that we're playing magic wrong is like someone insulting your baby. Yeah. I mean, I mean, look at the so like personal look. about it, and you know, I'm sure I've gotten defensive about it. I'm sure I will get defensive about it in the future. You know, it's it's very hard when people are criticizing you directly. You know, you just have to learn to talk about it and figure out whether you're you're right or not instead of just getting defensive. But yeah, most people are just like, no, oh, no, I just did this, or 
you know, or they'll just say they're way too re- and they're not, or whatever. Or just being way too results-oriented, like, oh, well, I won, or I, uh, you know, just like, a, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not trying to riff on that, uh, you know, attacking the Planeswalker, but he's like, oh, well, I, like, if say, in that example, say if you did attack, or whatever, uh, actually, that point isn't really related, but, like, say the person you were saying, if you were saying to prioritize when to ignore the Planeswalker, mm-hmm. Or if the person just got really defensive and results-oriented, saying, well, my opponent killed me with Jace or whatever. I don't know. Just, I don't know. I got nothing. But yeah. it's just... But you have to defensive. evaluate it, and I think that's that's something that I hope people will take away from this, that if you are losing games to Planeswalkers, figure out exactly why. Not just, they played it, so I lost. Like, maybe they played it, and you had a chance to deal with it early, and you didn't. Or yeah. you had, you know, you valued it too highly, and it became a decoy and allowed them to get back in the game. I think you have to look at things that way a bit too. Yeah, and I think like like with the uh, you know attack decks being bad or just you know being suboptimal, I think that kind of goes on your point earlier about like creatures being a good planeswalker like way to deal with planeswalkers. Right. And it's kind of like that same thing where it's like say you know like. Pithing Needle or Beast Within is a Planeswalker removal tool. So is Hellspark Elemental. So is Hell's Thunder. So is Uktabi Orangutan, you know. But it seems like, I don't know, Just I'm not sure if it's just the attack decks being not very good or there's not enough disruption, you know, not enough ways to clear, like, say they have their Wall of Omens and, you know, they, they're just using that to protect their Jace, like, it just maybe seems like those decks don't have enough ways to attack that particular, uh, you know, mm-hmm. com- a particular uh, strategy. And I don't know if it's like you said, decks are just too defensive or too slow or don't aren't properly equipped to deal with planeswalkers. But I don't think that or planeswalkers maybe, are, or maybe their deck is just really good. Yeah, that maybe too. Their deck is just better than you, or maybe they just outplayed you, and you know. Maybe they would have won without drawing, you know, three extra cards off of Jace anyway. You know, like maybe they just have, you know, the nice set of answers. Like, you know, you don't know what they're drawing off their Jace. They might have drawn three extra lands. You know what I mean? That they wound up never playing or, you know, never playing until they didn't matter. So you really have yeah, to, I, uh, and, and I think asking people about the match afterwards too helps. Like, hey, you played this Planeswalker or whatever, like, how much did you feel like you needed that to win the game? How much did you feel like that affected you? Did you did you think I was... Were you glad I was attacking it instead of you? Do you know what I mean? Were you hoping that I would leave it alone? You know, I think asking those kinds of questions are, are very helpful as well. I think that kind of direct feedback is generally good when you have a cube anyway. I think this, like... I don't know if I ask it those kind of questions too much, especially with new cards. I'm like, hey, how was New Chandra for you? Or how was New Garrick? Or how was uh, Skin Shifter or whatever? I Like, you know, just trying to get kind of direct feedback. But I think it's definitely useful. But yeah, I definitely don't think Planeswalkers are too good or anything like that. But uh, something like also just like the rate of Planeswalkers being printed, it seemed like there was a good amount. But I don't think... You know, the question of will there be a point when there's too many Planeswalkers, you know, like three good ones being in M12, you know, New New Garrick, Chandra, and Jace all being really good in Cube. It's just like, is there going to be a point when there's too many Planeswalkers? And if so, how do we really know? 
and I don't know, like, uh, you know, just kind of wrote it on the spreadsheet, kind of like, I don't really think there are going to be. It seems like a lot of the non-Planeswalker cards printed in conjunction with Planeswalkers are at a pretty good clip. Mm-hmm. Like, an example, I thought it was, like, Koth in Scars and Mirrodin block. You had Koth, which also had, like, Arc Trail, Hero of Oxid Ridge, Spike Shot Elder, Molten Steel Dragon, you know, White. I'm trying to think of other, like, Mirren Crusader. Uh, Porcelain Legionnaire. Yeah, uh, Mr. Toilet Legionnaire. Uh... Probably other stuff that I could... Blade Splicer and, people like. Yeah, Blade Splicer, you know, Dude Solid. Stuff like that where I think other cards are being printed at a pretty solid clip Hero along Blade with Planeswalkers. Hold. Yeah, Hero Blade Hold. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, stuff like that. The 3-1 Battlecry guy. Oh, yeah, Quarter Paladin. Right. Yeah, that guy's also really good. I like Thrun. You know, even, like I said earlier, the uh, incidental Planeswalker answers, like those are being printed as well. Like, I don't think... Like, if there was, say, in a, in Scars and Mirrodin block, say there was just just Koth and Red Hero. Those are the only two good red cards, and, you know, it's like the good cards being printed at that rate, maybe there would be a problem, maybe, but even still, it's not like... But you know what I'm saying? It's not like Planeswalkers are... They fit all kinds of roles. They're, like, they're pretty... Most are pretty universal. Like, they're not just, like, you know just control or just aggro or, you know, they're pretty universal. Like, I think Elspeth, original Elspeth, or maybe even, like, New Garrick is, like, an example of that, where, mm-hmm. you know, play it in aggressive decks, which also want to play it in, like, you know, mid-range and control. They're, you know, they're universal. That's the whole point. They're planeswalkers. They're supposed to be representative of the color. They're the magic brand's manifestation of a color. I think Gideon's a really good example, too. Right, well, the, the other thing, too, is, you know, Lorwyn, so we've had Planeswalkers since 2007. I mean, they've now been around for, you know, for, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten, you know, four going on five years, and we still only have, you know, 15 to 20 total. Yeah. You know, at that rate, you know, you're, if you're talking about four a year, you know, that's uh, that's not very many. I mean, yeah. Think about how many uh, four years from now, can, if they continue at the same rate, if some of them aren't just like strict upgrades to other ones, you know, maybe they'll print another Ajani that you know, everybody just likes better than a Johnny Goldmane. You know, and, so it'd be and an I, easy swap. Uh, you know what I mean? It, even with all that, it's still going to be, you know, less than 10%. I, I think the way to know if you have too many Planeswalkers, I mean, maybe if every single deck always has them and every single game always has one, but even then, that might just be fun. It might not be yeah. a problem. Yeah, it's like every, it's kind of like, I guess, like Artifact or something. I mean, you know, they're a lot more universally playable because they're to be played in anything. Sure. But, yeah, it's just, I don't know. It just doesn't seem... Like, there's too many. I, like, the point you brought up with the, you know, that being in Lor, since Lorwyn, like, it kind of made me think of how many good blue cards were in Lorwyn block. Like, you know, Cryptic, Glenelendra, Muldrifter. Uh, there's probably a ton more, because Lorwyn was ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, like... Just, yeah, the Vendillion Click, uh, stuff like that, where it's just, like, so many good cards that are being printed along that same clip. I don't see Planeswalkers taking over or anything like that. I don't don't really think that's, I don't know, it just doesn't seem, I don't know, I just don't buy it. Like, I think, yeah, I just, yeah, I 
I don't really think it's a valid point. Like, I think planeswalkers are good. I, I don't think it's a valid point at this at this juncture. Like, maybe on episode, you know, 107, 118, we'll uh, we'll come back to it, and maybe it'll be maybe there'll be too many, and you know, yeah. we'll have the the great planeswalker uh, lynch mob. Yeah, and I think I think it's also a point like in the future. Like there will be, I think, like all the planeswalkers are pretty easy to put in your cube. Like you know, like I didn't put Liliana in, and you know, I'm pr- kind of like trying her out again. But I think, I think there's going to be a point where people are just going to be cutting planeswalkers, not because they're too good, it's because they're not cutting it anymore. Like, like I said with Liliana, she just wasn't doing enough for me, so I cut her. You know, I could see a point when say, I'm trying to think of other planeswalkers like New or, Chandra. Oh. Yeah, Soren I could see being cut because maybe it's not good enough anymore, or New Chandra even. She might not be cut because she's not good enough. I don't know. Like uh but I don't I don't necessarily agree when people do the planeswalker swaps. Like the whole point about that you were saying earlier about planeswalkers being strictly upgraded eventually. I don't know, I don't I haven't seen anything like that. Like even like Jace the Mind Sculptor is much better than Jace Bellerin, but they're all but they're both still solid. Right, exactly. But you know who who knows? I mean I, I can't see yeah. the future. I was I think, about to say wizards. I think there are definitely wizards. creatures, however, that I'm like, man, this card's never going to be cut. This card is awesome. And then you know, a, a fast forward a few years in the future, and you only have so much room in your cube, and you're just like, wow, this card used to be so awesome, and it's no longer in my cube. Yeah, and I think that's yeah, that's a really good point to bring up as well. It's like sometimes yeah, a card you'll consider like a staple, and then eventually it'll be like, well, competition is just really good. And I think that's with like. It should be in cube. There's, like you said, with the whole uh, why we were talking about with the kicking cards out thing. There shouldn't be many cards that you just throw out because they're just terrible because they shouldn't be in your cube for long anyway. It's just a lot of cards are going to have their respective talking points, planeswalkers included. Like, it's just I think in the future, I can definitely see planeswalkers not being cut more because of power reasons than the mis- than just a uh, reason for them being quote unquote too good because right. I don't I, I don't think ubiquitous is going to be a problem. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be like oh there are too many planeswalkers in white I have to cut something like could there be a critical mass in the future like maybe but I don't see it happening for a while like, yeah, and like maybe something I'll be honest where- I could see myself at some point maybe cutting Elspeth Terrell. Like, yeah. it's very good, but you know what I mean? There might be another five-drop Planeswalker that comes out that I just, you know, I'm like, you know, I think I just like this card better. Or even just a plain five-drop. Say, like, there's ri- some ridiculous angel, and, you know, you're, you only have room for so many five-drops. Right, and it slays things. Well, even even if there isn't, like, like they, I don't know, they call it Jimmy Slayer angel ific creature. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Just trying to come up with the worst name ever, and I think I can. I think I succeeded, but it's kind of like where anything, like what I did with Liliana, like five-drop competition, she wasn't cutting it, so I cut her. But, uh-huh. you know, like I said, nothing's final, so I'm trying her again. Elspeth's hero, I think, is... I think I might consider her the weakest five-drop that I'm running right now, and if better stuff comes out, she just might get cut because of power reasons, but it's not because... There are too many planeswalkers, and they're taking over my cube and stuff but, like that. Just again, I've also seen her dominate games as well. So, but like I said, I think that's with anything. Like, I think it's just looking at a card, you know, holistically and overall power level kind of thing. Where, like, I think it's with like, I think almost all the planeswalkers. There's, they don't 
I can't even think, think of many times when they have been, like, straight up bad in a game, or even a match or whatever. Like, you know, I can't... Well, regardless, they, they draw attention. Yeah. It's kind of like, do you remember that unglued card where you, like, you're under the table or whatever? Yeah, enter the dungeon. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of that where sometimes it's like, so, you know, not all the time, but it's like a good amount where you suddenly have to pay attention to it. It's like somebody in a red aggro deck plays Sulfuric Vortex against you, and you're, like, six. You're like, uh-oh, I gotta deal with this thing now. <laughs> right. And it's like that with, like, I guess... Yeah, it's like, you know, just the camera, like, some, like, 1970s movie where all of a sudden they do, like, the cheesy... They do the jump cut towards it and, like, zoom in towards it. It's like, oh, gotta deal with this. <laughs> or, like, if somebody plays Jace Memory Dap, it's like, you know, like this, the bounce of, you know, like, the bad 70s music. <laughs> and, like, this, the jump cut towards Jace, zoom in, and have, like, some bad, like, bad uh, colors, whatever, like, the, the washed-out colors or whatever. Or you should do, like, the, it, the super, like, zoom in, zoom out super fast, like, yeah. 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 what, what, what? <laughs> the picture of Jace, like, yeah. <laughs> zoom in and zoom out on each one. It was also, like, uh, what was that in, uh, it was, some, it was in one of the Kill Bills or something when they, uh, they had, it was like, some weird music. Oh, like, when, when she would first, uh, they'd first, like, enter a battle scene or whatever at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Or, like, a boss fight or something. There you go. Planeswalkers are a boss fight. That could be a, t- a title. That could be a title for this. <laughs> nice. But, yeah, I think that's, you know, I don't think, I guess, I guess that's my main point. It's, like, I don't think Planeswalkers in and of themselves are too good. And I think... Like like I said, I think if Planeswalkers are going to be cut, it's not because there are too many. I guess that reminds me of, like, rats or whatever. Maybe maybe it isn't, like, rats or whatever. Well, I don't think... Right, there, at some point, you're just going to be like, oh, I would just rather have these better rats than yeah. than including... And, you know, all rats have been good at some point. You know, Kurtar's wrath was good at some point. You know, these six-mana rats or whatever. But at some point, you just keep whittling it down until you just have, like, the best of the best. You know, not to reference any cheesy 80s movies... <laughs> but you know, you just have like your, uh, you know, Eric Roberts and uh, not Sean Penn. Oh, what's Sean's friend's brother? Uh, Julian, the, the one who no. was in uh, Reservoir Dogs. Oh, Chris God, Penn. I should. Yes, there so, we go. So you just have like you know your Eric Roberts and Chris Penns of rats instead of you know all the you know. Bruce Lee's and Jet Lee's and all those guys, you know, you just have the best. Yeah. Of the best. Essentially, you know, cutting like uh, like austere command, right? Before like uh, whatever uh, a Chroma's Vengeance or whatever. Hallowed burial. Don't cut a Chroma's Vengeance. That card's too good. I mean, I mean, I mean like I cutting like cutting uh, uh, cutting awkward command. Yeah, Hallowed Burial. In. Like was one that we ran for a while, but it's just like, eh, Day of Judgment came out. Like, <laughs> see ya. <laughs> right, like, well, <laughs> you know. You're fired. You're out. So yeah, even like uh, like say uh, a Johnny Goldmane, like if that gets cut, it wouldn't be cut for necessarily another Planeswalker. It would be cut for a better uh, Anthem effect. You know what I mean? Because that's the role it plays. Mm-hmm. Like like I don't see cutting a Johnny Goldmane for my card, my cube anytime soon. But if it is, it's gonna be cut for like one of those aggro tools. Like mm-hmm. say if there's a, a one in a white 
all creatures get plus one plus one, or all creatures get plus two plus two, or something ridiculous. Right. Then I could Tempered see steel for your guys. Or, yeah, tempered steel for non-robots or whatever, because right. that's fair or something like that. But you know, something like that where, like, yeah, if I was to cut gold main, it wouldn't be cut for another planeswalker. Like, even then, I think that's kind of lazy. You know, if you were to just cut it for just strict, straight up planeswalker, I think it's just understanding that card's role and then doing it. Like, sure. but then again, I don't see cutting gold main for a while, and then fast forward two years from now, it's like I gotta cut gold main. Right, but you know, people people also do things for flavor reasons as well, and like maybe people only want. You know, I don't know. Maybe people only want two of each type of. Maybe people only want two Jaces and two Johnnies and two Elspeths. And when they come out with, you know, a Johnny three and Jace four and you know whatever else, maybe they're just like, well, you know, that's. I, I don't like having too many versions of the same guy. You know, it's kind of dumb. Why does he have so many outfits? You know. I do think there's. I don't know. It just seems like there's so many like variations of Jace. And it just seems funny, like, all of these variations of Jace, they don't really seem very different flavor-wise. I just think, well, yeah, because it's blue, so his flavor is awesome. I don't even know it's awesome. It's just, like, whiny, emo baby or whatever. <laughs> it just doesn't seem very... But like, it turns out he's just awesome. Well, I mean, the card itself, yeah. But it's, it's like him and Chandra have all had all these variations, and yet, like, Chandra, angry pyromancer... Jace, brooding, thinking mage. It's like, yawn. At least, like, Vengeant went from, like, you know, calm leader of a tribe to, grr, I'm angry about my brother. Right, really pissed off. Yeah, our so, Karn so went from... So that the next Jace is going to cost six? Uh, pretty high. I guess I could I could see that. But it would be better than Mind Unbound, though. That's for sure. This is true. Antihings. <laughs> so, yeah, antihings. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I think that's that's about it for me. That's all I have to say on the topic. So, unless you have anything you'd like to add, uh, just one thing. Well, do you want to tell people where to get a hold of us? Oh, I guess two more things. Okay. <laughs> uh, the blog, you know, just uh, you know, when we post these MTG casts, you know, the comment section, uh, you know, contact us via that. Uh, show email MTG the third power at gmail dot com. Uh, by the way, uh, uh, the, people yeah, at gmail, gmail.com. Uh, by the way, a guy from CommanderCast, I forgot uh, I forgot to respond to your email, so I'm going try to try to do that soon. But, yeah, thank you. Thank you for the shout-out. Uh, Twitter, you know, I'm on Twitter, like, all the time. I'm, I'm probably going to go on it right after we get done recording. Uh, my Twitter name is Usman the Rad, and your line. <laughs> line? Line? Line. Yeah. <laughs> line. Line. Anthony42. Also. Yay. At Anthony42. A N T K N E E 42. Pretty much me yep. everywhere. Uh, yeah, we have the blog. We have uh, the thread on MTG Salvation. I don't know if you mentioned that. I wasn't paying attention. No, I didn't. Uh, yeah. We keep a thread on there as well to talk about show things. If you guys want to do it, uh, you know. We have lots of ways to get in touch with us, so no excuses. Yeah. We also, I like, uh, I think we post articles or whatever, but, you know, like, uh, are, are, I don't know, like, are you, are you working on the, uh, that article, the next one from yes. QS, the, yes. uh, combat trick one? Yes. Nice. 
do, do you want to talk about it or nah, you know, just nah, we'll just we'll just leave it because it might morph into something else. But well, we're working on it. But yeah, you can find Usman's cubes art, cube articles over at StarCityGames.com, um, and you can find my cube articles over at QuietSpeculation.com. So we both write about stuff there, and it's just an interesting uh, way for us to try to keep out of each other's way when it comes to topics. It's kind of fun. Yeah, we don't really I, talk about our topics ahead of time. We just write them and. Hey, that's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, the the only one I'm I'm really kind of like doing like kind of building up to is like my next article. Like, there's one coming up on Monday. It's probably going to be probably going to be already up by the time this already goes up. But my next one after that will be my thirtieth cube article, which is pretty nuts. And that's going to be about the whole signet and bounce land thing. Oh, and I'm okay. I, so I'm going to try to like make sure to cross my T's and dot my I's and whatever, and make sure everything's like. Because I'm assuming a lot of people, like, feel passionately about that. Like, I know Irwin's big on the, uh, like, bounce lands and signets are too good, and I just don't. Like, I really think that's, like, like, if I think the Planeswalkers are too good is a misconception, like, on a scale of 1 to 10, like, the uh, Planeswalker thing is probably, like, 5, and I think the signet thing is probably, like, a 9 or a 10. It's just, like, the fact that they're, quote-unquote, too good is just no. But I don't know, I, like... Yeah, definitely. You know, we 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 definitely think Cube is awesome. I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, hit us up and uh, you know do those, and and hopefully I, I have some more ideas that you know. Uh, by the way, I found the tripod. Nice. So are you gonna do the? Uh, so yeah, hopefully some things will come out of that. Not what you guys think. Get your mind better. <laughs> so hopefully some good things will come out of that pretty soon as well. So that should be awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping. I'm hoping so. All right, man. I think I think now there's only one thing left to do. That's right. Oh, uh, did I say the name of the blog? I'd rather be cubing.wordpress.com. You just did. There we go. All right. Now one more thing. Rock over London. Rock on Chicago. Magic 2012. Gather your allies. See you guys next time. Peace out. Later.